Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast. If you like a lot of Christmas on YouTube, ho, ho, ho. Hello oh. and welcome to the Cultaholic Classic. Oh, no. Cultaholics, man. Oh, no, I've already ruined it. It's Cultaholic. It's podcast. It's myself, Matt, who messed up the intro. It's Jack. It's Ross. Wow, must be Christmas. The special time of year when we get away with silly things like this. Jack, how the hell are you? I'm doing all right, Matthew. It's a busy time of year, but off soon. So that's that's decent. How about you? Oh, the same. Looking forward to attempting to get home to see the family. Yeah. Because uh, they promised oh, me sorry. that if uh, COVID doesn't kill me, then they will if I no-show Christmas. <laughs> what about yourself, Ross? I am on top of the world in all kinds of different ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I've just. I, this is the last like normal podcast, isn't it? We've like pre-recorded the rest of the hour already. This is like the last. What's the word I'm looking for? The last regular podcast of yeah. the year. No, we sad. haven't. What's Ross talking about? The other ones will be, of course, live. <laughs> Shush. Uh, so, have you done anything exciting? How do you guys feel now, as fully grown adults, for Christmas? Because I did not used to like Christmas as a kid because all I'd see were my parents tearing their hair out and going, ah, be happy. Uh, but now as an adult, I kind of like it. Now I'm fully in control of it. Getting stuff sorted out and doing little cards with people. I'm enjoying that aspect of it. What about yourself, Ross? The gift given now has become a thing I look forward more to than uh, receiving gifts. I don't know what it is. I thought it was quite a cold, dead person inside, but I actually quite get a, I get a kick out of seeing someone going, oh, this is nice, this. You've done well there. I think it's that. Obviously, that plays second fiddle to the Christmas dinner. When I'm just now all about the Christmas dinner, I'm like, Mom, we've got to have three meats. I don't care about your turkey. I just don't want your turkey. I want my honey glazed gammon. I want my pork. And I want oh. my three bird amalgam- amalgamation kind of thing. We cook those on Christmas Eve. We have Christmas sandwiches on Christmas Eve night. And then we have the main event on Christmas Day itself. I couldn't give a toss about the rest of it. The TV's crap this year. There's nothing on TV, is there? All to do is just to eat and get drunk. Yeah. Jack? <laughs> um, I, when I was a bit of a miserable teenager, started to not enjoy Christmas as much, like, oh, all the same songs and all that. After my teenagers, quite enjoyed it again. You know, I, I realised, actually, Last Christmas is a massive tune. I've been a fool all this time. And then, it, then Christmas became all about like the best part of Christmas for me were the stuff in the build-up where you go out all the time and you see people from school and your old mates and stuff. And that's not happening this year. So this year, 
I'm a bit down on Christmas again, sadly. Matthew, what about what about you? Uh, some of the songs, when you hear them once a year at most, it's all right. Because you could be there going, oh, I hate bloody Christmas, drinking by myself. Uh, and then all you hear is, da, 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 I don't want much for Christmas. There's something that... And all that. You can really get in the spirit of it. Uh, I'm most excited right now this year, not for the Christmas songs, but for the fact that I've got Bishop friends, Bishop, Bishop Bolton friends, people don't know, not, not people in the He's <laughs> friends with bishops. I realise how that sounds now, people don't understand. Because it is weird, Bishop Bolton can be the name of a place. But anyway, uh, Bish Vegas friends message me saying, will you be around? Will you be out? And I'm like, I mean, I'll be there, but I mean, is anything going to be open? So I might be going and doing like in a Christmas carol, Christmas of days past, and having some tins with me mates outside of Asda, because nothing else might be open. Oh, that'll be I'm class. getting myself ready for that experience, which is uh, interesting. So if you see you see a weird guy with long hair and beard, you've got, God, it looks like Matthew if he was dog gruff. No, it's me. <laughs> looking forward to that experience. Almost as much wait, as I'm looking wait, forward. Wait, wait, sorry. I've just remembered an excellent story. And I'll take yeah, out oh, the go names. Ahead. I'll take out the names. No. But, oh. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's Christmas. Put no. the names in. So um, I feel like this isn't the person who's incriminated in the story, but I think Kenny McIntosh might have said it. Someone had booked a wrestler, and when they arrived, someone had to get sent to Asda to get weed for him. What they meant was, round the back of Asda is where the dealer was meeting them. But (laughs) Ollie Sandler was in the room as well, and it was the first time I'd ever met him, ringside Ollie, the photographer. And he was like, sorry, did I hear that right? When it asked her for your weed, does that mean you got a waitress for your heroin? <laughs> so that was absolutely fantastic. This was backstage at Five Star Wrestling. What a time that was. No, it wasn't, man, you liar. <clears throat> what? They don't take drugs at Five Star Wrestling. This was not the event. They were referring to a past booking oh, of goodness. said wrestler. Oh, goodness, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. For, for just for the lawyer's use, like the collect, they were talking about a situation that may or may not happened. And I'm glad they left out all the wrestlers' names incriminate them, but you left people you know in real life. Because they were just talking about a story they'd heard. They were not involved oh. in the purchasing of marijuana. They were just relating, recounting the story to me. Yes. Yeah. But I could point out that, no, you cannot buy weed at Asda. <laughs> yeah, you have to go a little for that. Yeah. But you can get salted caramel hagen dazs which I imagine has the same sort of effect on you. Which I imagine. <laughs> I've, I've, I don't know. I don't like that sort of stuff, me. Uh, one will lead to the other. But the main news <laughs> is this week, uh, no, people are going, grab some wrestling, please. Just as we'd finished last week's podcast, the breaking news was that Keith Lee and other big lads were being shipped off to developmental to get some retraining via Adam Pierce and Drew Gulak, noted big man wrestlers. Uh, some added stuff there after a week of note. While some view this as an insult to wrestlers well regarded as Lee, Dave Meltzer, you know him, uh, spoke on Sunday morning's Wrestling Observer Radio about McMahon's mindset toward the larger wrestlers and how the training sessions might not necessarily be considered a demotion. Traditionally, McMahon has liked to present his giant wrestlers a certain way. Apparently feels the brawnier wrestlers on his roster don't reflect his personal vision. And they were all back on Raw, more or less anyway, so I think when people saw that news to begin with, they were like, wait, is that them gone? And maybe that was the idea to begin with. And they went, wait, we do have Raw, that is three hours. And we're already struggling. No, no, wait, wait. F- f- 15 segments with The Fiend. Fantastic. That's what we'll get through. Wait, so he wants to retrain them in his own way. I don't, 
look at the big men on certainly the main roster and think, well, they're wrestling odd for a big man in WWE. So I, do, I wonder what he means. But you're not Vince McMahon, dammit. Yeah, Can I just say, by the way, Jack's laugh there when we were speaking about the weed, he made it sound like I do the weed all the time. I've never no, had yeah, weed yeah, in my life. Yeah, no, I, I That's lingering in my head. I was, I was laughing at the idea that, um, you know, when someone suggests that they've never... Yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I've leave never it. tried weed ever. Well, then I'm, fair I'm, enough. I'm, la- I'm lazy enough. I'm just had to put that out there for the kids. I do apologise. We are role models here. Right? I do apologise. It's all right. Jack left your name out of the story. We're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing is that I, it's just that recently when I was doing graded for that episode of Dynamite where they went to Vegas and got high, I then laughed at the fact that Jericho was hallucinating and saw a dragon, and I was like, "That's not what happens when you're high." And then the comments were like, "How do you know?" And I was like. Don't know, mate. So you, you are right, though. I know that. No, no cares about this big Keith Lee story, but uh, you are right, though. When you're a kid, it's like all these anti-drug PSAs, and it's like, you, you, oh no, I had one toke of this marijuana cigarette, and now I'm hallucinating, and I'm going to jump <laughs> off a roof. You're like, that has never happened with any of my friends, all Ross. Uh, we can talk matter. about our thoughts so, on weed. We're gonna have a dedicated marijuana debate podcast to discuss yes a strenuous one the back of Asda will be called I tell you what on Patreon we should do it because I watched uh, Two uh, two Bears One Cave and Bert and Tom Segura they did like a, a Patreon only paid podcast and they just had all kinds of weed paraf- obviously it's legal in LA where they are um, but they did it on their Patreon service so maybe we should get on Patreon have a flight over to LA and then just partake in all of that illegal doings I don't and do enjoy a, and do a podcast together I don't enjoy it I've never oh, been a big one. Oh no, guys, it's my first ever time on uh, Pippi Predictions. I lost. What is it, Matthias? A smoker. Oh no. <laughs> oh, this is horrible. <laughs> Actually, a live stream of that would be funny. Just me. Uh. We'll, get, we'll, just... Get, we'll get Ron Funches back involved. X Pac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, oh. about the Keith Lee Keith thing. Keith Lee! I don't, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's too bad, personally, because I think the horror of it all came from Keith Lee being lumped in with the likes of Dio Madden and uh, Omos and who else was there? What were the other names? Um, Otis was there. Oh, was yeah. not, uh... I think it was just that was people kicking off going, oh, Keith, like, he's been doing it 15 years. He's obviously amazing. Him being lumped in there with the other lads who haven't been doing it as long and maybe can't do the things Keith can do. That's a bit unfair. But like sitting back, it's it's quite nice to see Vince McMahon for the whether it be for the right or the wrong reasons, being invested in these people because you watch so much stuff, whether it be the ass backwards booking or you watch Tucker being sent out there in those horrible trousers he wears inside the ring these days, and you, you, the horrible themes and stuff like that. You think, why aren't these companies or WWE specifically in this case helping these wrestlers get over and get popular and just seemingly hampering them with these crap retribution gimmicks and stuff like that? It's nice to see them try to help them behind the scenes. But then conversely, to bring it back, Justin, our pal Justin Henry, sent an, a, a, a passage from, because uh, I tweeted out that Keith Lee's a good wrestler last Friday, and he replied to the tweet with a, a bit from Brock Lesnar's book, where apparently very, very, very early on in Brock Lesnar's career, Vince wanted him to work like a big, plodding, fee five fo fum yeti kind of wrestler. Um, and Taz, backstage, who heard this, was like, that's bollocks. It's Brock Lesnar. He can do a lot more than that. So maybe this is just Vince McMahon being stuck in the 80s. Yeah. 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 I don't, don't know what to think. It's nice <laughs> stuck, to stuck in his 80s. 80-year-old. <laughs> uh, that was very good, Ross. Uh, you lost me about midway point. Um, who, who's Tucker? Ah, oh, classic. Classic comedy. Oh, oh, oh. The, the, the biggest... The biggest victim of the no crowd shows. 
That's what I'm saying. Tucker. That's who, that's who Tucker is. If he turned heel and there was a crowd there, he'd be in the main events. He'd be Universal Champion now. Why did they he do that be. turn and then not feud them? Very weird. Don't know. But I do I do feel a bit bad for him because if that did happen in front of a crowd, surely there would have been some noise and someone backstage would have thought, hey, we've got something to capitalise on here. But the fact that they could put in the, the reaction they wanted to happen, oh, I feel sorry for him. Sucks to be Uncle Tucker. Yeah. Uh, Jim Ross uh, annoyed a bunch <laughs> of people. Said something about getting uh, being sick of seeing spots where everyone gets together to get ready. Oh, here comes the guy. Oh, dive. Um, this is the two obviously done. And Brandon Cutler tweeted ironically about it. Couldn't wait for this big 14-man person, whatever tag match that was going to happen. I thought it was going to be an AEW Dynamite, but I didn't see it. Maybe it was an AEW Dark thing. Uh, a lot of people seem to get annoyed going, why is Jim Ross on the payroll slagging off the product? Which makes sense. Why would he be doing that? Um, I'm numb to this because I grew up with Jim Ross having the Ross Report in the WF magazine and on- online where he would regularly take shots at the WF television product and say stuff he didn't like. I wasn't a big fan of DQ or count-out losses, think they were cheap and things like that. And think WWE should sort out... If they have problems with talent, then they should get rid of them backstage rather than having them on TV and all these other things he would be very vocal about. But now that people are pointing out and going, yeah, why is the person who's paid to make it look good saying these things about the product? So so that's why you crap on what we do all the time. You've read the Ross Report and you think it's all right for you to do as well. Ain't it great? Yeah. yeah. Wait, when do I crap on you? You crap on what Cultaholic does all the time, every podcast. That's what true. What Aiden, Aiden does with the, the new stuff and certain stuff we do on YouTube, it never ends, Matthew. It's almost every week, and I'm just wondering why you're here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apart from all those times that I bring it up, I don't think it's very often I bring it up. <laughs> I'm sorry, you are right, though, Ross. Sometimes I uh, I, I, interp- I say, oh, here's a playful jab, and some people take it as an uppercut to the chin, and I'm very well, sorry. What I will say is that Matthew is, Matthew is honest to a fault. He's like the Robin Hood of, of the IWC. Robin yeah. Hood? Yeah, you know. Just a proper man of the people. <laughs> Living in the forest with his ragtag bunch of, I don't know. Big John. Yeah, Little John. Little John. Big John. And, you know. Big, big, big John. And his mate in the clergy, what's he called? Bishop Auckland. Hey, oh, this is great, this. This being of a bloody Photoshop John. Uh, but you are right. And I'd like to point out, Aidan Gibbons, I am very sorry. Some of the things I... Uh, Put up and go, ha, that's funny. I think only I find amusing. And I'm learning, as I have done this past few years being a cultaholic, that sometimes I should think before I speak and shut the hell up about somebody else's work. So but I'm Matthew, very sorry about that. Go midway because you don't want to lose what makes you you, yeah? What makes me me? I don't know, just you, innit? <laughs> anyway, any thoughts here on Mr. Jim Ross's thoughts? Mr. Ross. The other, I mean, the, the a- other great commentator. Called Ross. It's, it's a valid way. Stop it, Matthew. Uh, it's a valid criticism, though, isn't it? The, the the spot that he was alluding to on his podcast, but it it was funny just to see because obviously what, the way they did it on Dynamite this week, they showed the graphic for the match and Cutler was nowhere, and you're thinking, oh, he's got a bit too big for his boots. I uh, saw so on his uh, his cage match record, it was it was going to be his first Dynamite match since July the thirtieth, 
and he's gone on Twitter, got a big Bertie big bollocks, and they've took him out of there because he's uh, he's spoken out with turn. But then they revealed later in the night the stuff for Wardlow because it was meant to be Wardlow and Cutler on opposing sides. I guess that Wardlow was taken out and to even the sides, Cutler was a happy accident for Jim Ross. Uh, <laughs> and they took him out of there as well. Um, but I don't... Because I get, like, you saw Cash Wheeler, I think it was, tweeting like, oh, you, why wouldn't you take the advice of someone experiencing the business who's paved the way and all that? And I can see that side too, but I can also see the, the criticism on Jim Ross's but I don't, I don't know what I think. What do you think, uh, Jack? I can sort of see why he did it but I think what's worse is when Jim Ross it's a moment when there's like a bit of a botched spot and you just hear him go well that missed or just like something like that in the background I'm like no not when you're on commentary Jim come on but yeah yeah I'm not trying to think if there's anything else there yeah no that was it so Wardlow had a family emergency I believe they said so right. that's why I couldn't be there and so did Cutler have a Jim Ross emergency backstage where he's got him <laughs> right in the gut sparked him out <laughs> catch this yeah. uh, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers are reuniting and it feels so good to take on Rich Swan and the Motor Seat Machine Guns at Impact Hard to Kill inspiring Tamatonga to tweet if you're not in Bullet Club 2020 you're not Bullet Club so maybe Impact has Bullet Club uh, Wolfpack. They're, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I Are mean, you excited for this match, Jack? I'm not a New Japan Bullet Club fanboy. <laughs> uh, yeah, quite excited. But I feel like the match itself, it's, it's probably going to be used to set up Omega versus Rich Swan, isn't it, in some way? So I think it'll be good, but I think it'll just be a step on the road rather than a great match for the sake of it. It was of itself, but yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts here, Ross, or are you not an impact? No, I, I've, I haven't been able to catch it this week because I've been working 16 hour days for 10 days straight now in the build up to Christmas. So uh, I've not been able to see it. Sounds like a hoot, though. Uh, it was. I'll give you the other highlight. Um, they had the two Tonys, as they call themselves, do a little paid PSA and said, uh, Tony Giovanni says it's hard to find Axis TV. To the point where your smart TV will just ask you if you why you're trying to find it. <laughs> God. And sorry if you've heard the story before, but an NXT star is injured. Uh, oh. Cameron Grimes injured for four to six weeks. And I was even going to add something there, but I'll call like reporting of it saying he'll be out for the rest of 2020. I went, well, it's the 17th of December, mate. But you know what? Aiden Gibbons is so good at his job. That he already changed it before I went and checked it for the podcast. Oh, and yes, he's just going to be injured four to six weeks. Because sometimes criticism is good. Not what hey. I give it, though. Um, no, wow. Hey, Aiden, great anticipation from him there. Got to give him a shout-out for that. Oh, absolutely. No, he he's does a lovely job. He spotted the danger, rose above the defence. Bang! Big That's header. <laughs> Shades of Mike Tyson in 2020. <laughs> uh, WWE is actually in the process of building a Hall of Fame. A proper one says the Nature Boy, so you know it's true. A physical structure hall of fame in Orlando. It's been delayed because of the COVID and that, calling him. Uh, they bought one of Flair's golden robes because they wanted to put it there. There's something that he wore. I'd be tremendous to him on so many levels, most because it means another payday when they open it. So, well done, <laughs> Flair. And uh, the Rhodes, Zizzes, announced the birth of their new baby. No, the birth, the, um, that's not how they say that, is it? The... They announced they are they're pregnant. Expecting they announced a child. They're expecting. They're expecting. Sorry, yeah, they were. That's how they say it in English. They announced that they're preggers. Uh, no chemistry whatsoever. Uh, if it's a girl, 
they're going to name it Zelda after Courtney's favourite game. And if it's a boy, they're going to name it Rodney after Dave. Wait, I'm confused. Meltzer. <sighs> Dave Rodney. Rodney Dave. That was an Only Fools and Horses reference to Never the seen. people I thought would appreciate it. And I didn't Never. think that that one would be the one to swing. And how does, tri- how does Trigger and it. Cody Rhodes get together? They met a pub. When um, when Cody was over here for Five Star. I've never seen it, I'm sorry. Oh, this one's going on over my head. <laughs> Only Fools and Horses. Like, I, I, sorry, I, from where I'm from, everyone knows every line of Only Fools and Horses. Like, we're from the north. Are you, you talking about Phoenix Knights? I'm That's fairly more from the north watch Only Fools and Horses. Yeah, I'm, I'm do, fairly familiar with Only Fools and Horses, but the, the connection between Trigger and Cody uh, there is and none. Brandy. There is There's none whatsoever. So explain the joke, Matthew. Come on, I want to know. If I have to explain it, it sucks. And I think we'll start with no, that. No, it doesn't. I'm, it just I'm, sucks. I'm batting uh, low average here. It just sucks for me, who is not cultured at all, because I should be better. What, is it, what does it mean, Matthew? I want to know. Well, the joke of Only Fools and Horses is Trigger goes and checks because the pub guy has got a pub guy. The landlord's got a bet on, like, what Rodney's kids could be called. So he goes, oh, Trigger, go ask him, you know. Why ask him me? Because then I can, you know, I can bet on my own quiz. All right. Goes out, he goes, oh, so we're going to name the kid. He goes, well, we're going to name it Sigourney after the actress. Uh, or oh, if it's a boy, he's going to name it Rodney. And he goes, well, why is that, Dave? Because <laughs> it's, it's my name. Oh, all right. So he goes to tell the barman. Well, Sigourney, if it's a woman, and it, if, it, if it's a boy, they're going to name it Rodney after Dave. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm very sorry. I thought, no, it's fine. Again, fine. My, my bubble, and it's, it's amazing because in wrestling, you can be online talking to people and think everyone's thinking one thing. Turns out, no use in that bubble. In my bubble, Everyone I know, either Northerners, know Only Fools and Horses. So, well, the good stuff, not the bloody Christmas specials from the 2000s. But So, yeah. Please that, let me know that, if that people is, know Only Fools and Horses, by the way. That'd be no, a great that, thing to know on that Twitter. That's a funny joke. Thank you for explaining. Oh, uh, the other news to end on before we get to the real wrestling and stuff. Monday Night Raw this week drew 1.52 million viewers. That's loads. That's a huge number. It, it, it is uh, in 94. It's the lowest rating ever for Raw. And Garrett Kidney on Impact and Impact on Twitter said, fun fact, 95 episodes of TNA Impact on Spike TV had more viewers than this week's Monday Night Raw. Bloody hell. God, I, I wonder bet, why I it was so bad. They're all, they're all breathing a sigh of relief, I reckon, because that means not too many people saw how bad it was, the last <laughs> two thirds especially. Because the first third, it was nice. There was two long matches. There was lots of good stuff happening. And the second two thirds... I don't know what you two think, but uh, it was too much wackiness even for me, and I like silly bollocks in my wrestling. Uh, it wasn't the silliness for me; it was the it was the quality of the silly. Well, we'll get to it. We'll talk about it during. during we the will, but you know wrestling. what? We've talked about too much wrestling. We should go to the next bit that has nothing to do with wrestling: <laughs> yeah. the Hall of Fame. Oh, I haven't got one. Have you got one? Uh, <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Are we keeping that bit in? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Everybody get excited for the Cultaholic Hall of Fame. <sighs> the Hall of Fame. And in condescending order from last week, Jell's... Oh, Jelly? I forgot how it's pronounced. I think it was Yelly. Yelly. Oh, Yelly. 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 Yelly Marble Runs, 26%. But that was a hell of a YouTube channel. I'm subscribed to it, so it's a winner in my heart. Oh, have you checked it out? Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's, I don't want to get too much into it because it looked Here. like... You know, reading the comments underneath, and it's like you oh. know, 
the bloody comments after you tweet something about AEW. It's, like, it's very, you know, <laughs> very partisan. Territorial. Oh, very partisan. Uh, I guess we've got the big follow from Yelly himself on Twitter. Go on, go on, go on. Me. Yay. Oh, what a so week. Uh, Scott Steiner kills Twitch. 20%. But no, no, he didn't kill Twitch. He, he saved Twitch. He united Twitch. This is what you wanted listed. Oh, did I say that? Oh, yeah. it's my fault. It's my fault I didn't win then. 27%. <laughs> the clear winner by a country mile. Wait, it's just typed up. <laughs> Nameless Irishman from Morrison's and Biker. 47%. Is that twice he's won then? Is he a two-timer? No, I think that was the first time I nominated him. The second story I had about him, but the first time he was nominated. Oh, I see. Fantastic. Well, well done, Nameless. He deserves that. that. I'll, have to, I'll have to catch his name the next time. <laughs> he's a worthy winner. The Thrilling Trilogy. We've got to see how that ends. But Ross, congratulations as a proud winner. You may go first this week. Um, I'm going to go for this. I don't know if we can use the audio, but... This is ITV News at 10 with Mark Austin and Julie Etchingham. Good evening, paedophiles. <laughs> the importance of a comma, whether it be written down or spoken out your mouth, demonstrated perfectly by Mark Austin, live on the News at 10 Channel 3, I believe it was 2013, although I'm not too sure. But it certainly never gets old, that clip. And I rediscovered it yesterday and I shared it at 10pm last night at the time of recording. Wednesday it would have been when I shared it. Fantastic. Imagine being on, right, national TV. I don't know which one's bigger, the ITV News or BBC. I presume it's BBC. Let's just say the second biggest 10 o'clock news programme in the UK and you've said that. Good evening, paedophiles. <laughs> Very confrontational yeah. from ITV. <laughs> it's a good one. It might, there was another one that went around. I forget which channel it was and which presenter, because a lot of them do it. They go straight in with no comma, like it's Keemstar, straight into the news, you know. And it's like, I'll make up the name. Um, uh, good evening, Rodney Rhodes. Uh, oh, what was it? Rodney Rhodes. Um, Kidnapped at birth and forced to pre children. Like you went straight into the first story. But oh. normal people don't speak like that. So it's like, it's just it's, seamless. I really admire, since this job, since starting this job, I really admire live television presenters. I don't know how yeah. they do it. It's actually, I know they've got an auto cue, but to talk without making a mistake for a whole show, it's outrageous. It's, it's the, the roving reporters I can't get my head around. It's the ones you see on Sky Sports News outside the Everton training ground and they stand there speaking very fluently for upwards of 10 minutes without thinking they don't have an auto cue. They're amazing then. They should be in, paid more than Mark Austin sat on his arse. Just in, front of, in front of drunk football fans as well. <laughs> right, uh, Sky Sports News, yeah, they've got nothing but the best presenters. Uh, oh, it's a goal! <laughs> oh, it's a goal. <laughs> I, I don't know to be honest with you, Jeff. Oh, that was a classic moment. Yeah, it's, it's good that you said that. You don't know, think it was which 10 p.m. news show it was because I'm trying to think and then what the uh, the themes are. ITV News at 10 is the one that goes. Well, BBC go all trance, don't they? It's like boop. Like, yeah, the real baby sketch. Yeah, yeah. Did they all do that, even in the one at 10? Maybe. No Here is the Rave at 10. What's the best? What's the. I, I was. I don't. I've got to think about it. I don't mix them up, but I've got to think about it. But what's the best soap theme? Brookside. Uh, Brookside. Oh, we've already. Actually, yes, we've already. There's, there's no, this. It's the WrestleMania X7 right. theme songs. <laughs> oh, fair enough. 
Imagine a My Way promo package with Jimmy and insert another name here, Matthew. I don't know the show that well. The body, body in the garden. Sinbad. I've got to bury you, body. I'm going to bury you like you don't know. Now, I prefer Austin Rock going at it to the Brookside theme. Yeah, it would fit well. This isn't about Deborah. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, that's a nice pick. Mine is going to be a bit daft and silly and emotional at the same time, but I say it with one hundred percent sincerity. Even though I know I speak like I'm auditioning for ITV at ten, uh, it's you two. Wait, uh, wait, twenty twenty. It's a yeah. beautiful day. Horrible, horrible get. I open my heart out, shove it back in. It's Jack and Ross, then. Oh, my word. Yeah. Uh-huh. Make a joke of that. Mark uh, Austin is quivering in his news chair. <laughs> this <big>. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's read it and he's like, oh, good evening, pedophiles. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's way too harsh. I'm very sorry. Look, anyway, back to Europe. 2020 has been bloody awful. And that's, that's not a revelation by any means. And there's been very few consistencies. That's not right, is it? A few consistent things I've had. There we go. In my life, it's been gone for a jog, gone a little, hide inside the house for a few months, get my driving test cancelled, get my overdriving test cancelled, cancel my mates with my friends because he's a bit ill, and all that. So that that's, that's been it. That's been 2020. That, like, woo, what a lovely year. You two are the only consistent thing I've had. You've been listening to a lot of the Joshua Tree. Only consider. I can't change my Hall of Fame pick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Jen? Jen, we did see her once this year. You know. No, you two have um, you've encouraged me to do my hair, to clean my room, to get good, to practice talking. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. To to try hard, basically, because otherwise I'm like, right, well, no one's going to see me. I'm going to look and sound good for what? My wall. You know, they don't care. So you two have kept me going. You've kept me regular because I wouldn't want you seeing me looking like a bum. You kept me doing the podcast. That's kept me in high spirits. I've looked forward to doing this every week with you. Hopefully the feeling's the same. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I just want to say thank you, the pair of you. And I know that I'm not just saying this because I really want to win. <laughs> but I know that there's a lot of people and they come on the Twitch, come on the Twitter come on the uh, Colorado Classic Podcast with me and Tom and all the other things we do sort of around there and they let me know the same thing that you two have been to the consistent things about a crap year you are the diamonds in the rough you are the lighthouse in the sea of poo that has been 2020 so thank you the pair of you well Matthew I'd like to echo those sentiments because you've you've done that for us as well I reckon so cheers yeah I feel terrible about that bit in the first segment now about how <laughs> no no <laughs> Please criticise us, because the only way I get better. While you were saying it, Matthew was like, well, I've got this in my back pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Scribble out, you know, scrabble. (laughs) (laughs) No, on a more serious note, Matthew, this is each and every week for about, not not, not including about the first three or four months of the podcast, but ever since we got past the rocky start, it's the highlight of my work and week each and every week, this podcast. And it's, yeah, uh, it's the best a large part down to the, the silliness and the, the professional tone you bring to your presenting to the pro, to the podcast. Now, I'm not taking the piss there. It's a, it's a lovely thing to be part of. Should we shout out Richard as well? 
Oh, absolutely, 100%. Yes, sorry, I forget he's here because that's what he's supposed to be doing. Yes, uh, as we're doing this, Richard Tubman is recording it via some of the software, uh, via Zoom, and he's the person who hacks it all together. The unseen force. He has been on one. Uh, we, we got him on camera very, very briefly for one podcast to clarify something. And then he off he went again. So unselfish. Yeah. And like I said, every time he's the most interesting, good-looking member of the oh cast. He's, the yeah. one he's got so much, so much, so much, so many strings to his bow yeah. as Richard. DJ. Get him on straight to hell, Ross. Former please. wrestler. I would MMA. if he wanted. You know, it's just Ricky Yan and his Gary's white van and all, Mark. Oh, I... But anyway, yes, my Hall of Fame pick is you two lovely human beings. Jack, what have you got for us? Um, right, no, this is terrible now. I wish you'd gone last. I'm oh, sorry. Mine's all about me and my week and what's been going on, which is awful. Um, so egotistical. I told... <laughs> Jack's been getting arrogant on the podcast. <laughs> um, I recently spoke to Bacitti... And he said, you are going to mention this on the podcast. And I went, no, I'm not. I'm sick to death of it. And then he went, but you are though. And he was right. So I tweeted something that was a debate that we had at uni, which was in our group chat at uni. I know Matthew, but it's it's gone big on Twitter. What would win in a fight? One of every Pokemon or a billion lions. I was firmly on the side of billion lions i remember back at uni the pokemon won the poll i was distraught i mentioned it on twitter two days ago now and my notifications haven't stopped and then i got a tweet this morning or i saw a tweet this morning from someone who said by the way this got discussed on the radio on in ireland this morning so it's it's been picked up by an irish radio station what would win the fight a billion lions or one of every pokemon so Because I'm so firmly in the camp of a billion lions, it's like AEW versus WWE. I am so against the other side that hatred is clouding everything that I have to nominate a billion lions for the podcast. So that's my nomination. The amount of people on Twitter who've told me, well, Charizard can fly. There's a billion lions. There's so many lions. Do you know how many a billion is? It's a lot. Do the the powers of the Pokemon run out? (laughs) Well, like, I know that one of them can do electricity even, out of its tail, can't it, and fire. And... Even if, even if we're going by the laws of the cartoon series rather than the laws of the game, which does have a limit to the amount of moves you can do, you've still got to factor in fatigue, boredom, terror, because there's a billion lions. The lions could lie on them and suffocate them. And now people are in my... And now I stopped watching Pokemon after Generation 1. And people are now saying, Jack... It's 2020. Some Pokemon are gods. They've got god Pokemon now. And I received a message from my mate Mari, who's fantastic. She's great. Got to give her a shout out because she messaged me saying, I'm furious on your behalf on Twitter because some people are saying, oh, these Pokemon are gods. And yet a 10-year-old. Mark Austin was going again. Sorry. Sorry, continue. She said a 10-year-old can stuff that god into a ball, but it doesn't matter. I'm going for a billion lions and that's my pick. Far more selfish pick than Matthews. I feel terrible. I'm so sorry. I wouldn't no, feel it's going to be bad. hilarious when a billion lions is voted out of you two on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Can a billion lions beat me and Ross in the Hall of Fame? With help from Mark Austin. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it sounds like a university conversation, especially one in the halls. 
Was it in the hole? We all like laying down and recovering from a night out. No, um, we had like a dude. Facebook was a lot bigger then, so we had like so instead of like everyone being on WhatsApp or whatever, we had a big Facebook group with like everyone in the halls was in it to organize like is anyone out tonight? Blah blah. blah. And sometimes, probably on hangover days, actually, people would just put stupid stuff in, and one of them was that. And um, yeah, the Pokemon won somehow. So. And is then, po- is, sorry, is Pokemon like set in our world? No, but it's based on our world. Based on our world. Because yeah. I was thinking, like, if the Pokemon spread out around the world and each one of them was taken on, say, I don't know, 25 million lines at a time, <laughs> maybe exactly. then. No, exactly. Do you see how ridiculous it is? Yeah, maybe um, then they could win, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But wait, you had this in halls when you are at uni. Yeah. How many Pokemon are there now? Probably, I mean... About a billion? No. <laughs> Someone, my favourite reply, because there was loads of people tweeting me getting far too finickety. And, oh, God. And this is coming from someone who's sad enough to talk about wrestling for a living as well, right? But, why? what's he typing there? What are you doing, Matthew? Just see how many Pokemon there are. Oh, oh cra- uh, 932. That's a smaller number than a billion. Um... <laughs> what's a billion divided by 932? How many zeros are in a billion? billion? I don't even know. Well, there's six in a million. So nine, nine in a billion, is there? It's a million million, though, isn't it? Uh, I'll even read that one. Can't do maths, me. One million... Seven... A bit lost here, sorry. 72,961. Yeah. So one Pokemon per... Hi. So per uh, Meowth yeah. is knackered. Yeah, Meowth's gone. Out but Moltres... The most annoying replies weren't the ones pointing out that some Pokemon are ghosts. How is a lion going to hit something that has no corporeal form? Or, like, it wasn't the ones that were like, this Pokemon can summon a black hole, which sucks everyone in. The most annoying ones were the ones that were like, Charizard can fly. There's a billion lions? Where's he going to land when he needs a rest? Uh, You can't tell there's a lockdown, can you? (laughs) No, this was at uni years ago. (laughs) Um, So my, my nomination is a billion lions. There we go. And thank you to, wow. to Irish Radio. I assume it's just one station. Yeah, oh, it's one. <laughs> Top of the morning there. A billion lions oh, are a Pokemon. God. Sorry. <laughs> I was wondering why is Jack going to do an impression of an Irish radio station? And the answer was yes, of course. Why wouldn't he? I'd like to remind everybody I'm an eighth Irish and therefore allowed to tune the accent. I'm allowed to say that, says Jack. Um, <laughs> well, we have Mark Austin. <clears throat> <laughs> Could you just say that on the break? No, it'll be, listed, boys. It'll be on. listed on the on the thing. Mark Austin, colon, speech mark. Good evening, Peter <laughs> Okay, fantastic. Uh, <laughs> you two lovely gentlemen. You put Jack and Ross, you put lovely gentlemen, you can put you two and do your crap puns, you can do whatever. <laughs> and a billion lions. Yes. Courtesy of Jack. Those are your three lovely Christmas edition of the podcast picks. If you'd like to vote for them, don't worry, you can. Go to patreon.com forward slash calledaholic and place your bets there. That says this week in the wrestling. It's this bloody week in the wrestling. Ah. Ah. This week in wrestling. Smackdown. The show begins with a contract signing for the Smackdown women's title. But Carmella is nowhere to be seen. 
Sasha discovers that there is no contract on the table. Carmella appears on the Tron with the contract and gets her assistant deliver it to the ring. Not well, her sorry, assistant, sorry for, writing, yes, sorry for writing assistant. Her sommelier. 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 A sommelier. What's that? Sommelier. I don't know, Matthew. I'm from Morpeth in North. I think so, it's... Yeah, somebody from Somalia. <laughs> I think it's a... Yeah. <laughs> It's just it's just someone from Somalia. If you're posh, talking to them. Oh, you're a Somalia. Um, I think that it's a wine pourer or a champagne pour, a drink pourer of some sort. Maybe oh. it's it's someone who Carmela, it would appear, has the sex with. What? That's what she said. It's a guy who um, pours a champagne and sends her messages and anything else I want. <laughs> oh wow! Did you say it like that as well? Yeah, did a bit of a sassy laugh at the end there, Matthew. Eh? How's she just get spiders out the bath. <laughs> <laughs> I found a definition. According to Wikipedia, a sommelier or wine steward is a trained and knowledgeable wine professional, normally working in fine restaurants, who specialises in all aspects of wine service, as well as wine and food pairing. I never get that, me, when you, you go to a restaurant. I've never done it myself, but when you watch people on the telly go to a restaurant, you're like, you, you order fish. And you're like, oh, that'll go lovely with a, a, a drop of white wine or whatever it is, whatever the combination is. Matthew, you're not, you're not like you know what I'm on about you. I know, yeah. I'm full agreement with you when people go, well, what's the best white wine to go with this uh, pasta linguine? And I'm there, like, probably at Christmas we'll be doing this. Me, we'll be having Christmas uh, turkey and everything else. And my brother will look it up, you know, the cracking he's got for Christmas. Go, God, get in. That works perfectly with that. <laughs> in, in From Russia With Love, James Bond works out who a Russian spy is because he has chicken with red wine or something. And Bond's yeah. like, mm, that seems a bit off to me. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <clears throat> anyway, the Somali A. If they have a tag team, the partner will be Somali B. Oh. Uh, deliver it yeah. to the ring. Sasha isn't happy and challenges Carmella to have the title match tonight instead. Carmella agrees and Sasha beats up her assistant, says it, Sorry. to make a point. Ooh. Uh, we've had a lot of time discussing Smarlier there and nothing about the angle and we'll keep it like that. <laughs> Backstage, the Street Profits talk about how they're more than just a comedy act. Montez Ford then loses to Dolph Ziggler. Wow. <laughs> that has been so harshly typed out. I love it. Uh, Dolph Ziggler did get a good line here. He says, of course you're a comedy act. You're the least funny thing since my stand-up. Oh. And I think that's harsh on Ziggler's part as well. Because I watched him do a, yeah. a like a standoff off with a lady on one of those TV shows where you stand on the stage opposite someone and spit bars at each other. And he was good on that. Mm. Can't remember what the show was called a few years ago now. Was it Last Comic Stand? Oh, no, wait, no, probably not. Something like that, along those lines. Hmm. I'm surprised they haven't made more of Dolph Ziggler's thing into comedy on TV, where he does, like, a Last Comic Standing match. <laughs> Gold, but he has to, like, be up his opponent, like... then a count of ten has to do, like, a funny bit. We saw a bit of that on AEW later on, actually. In a way. Okay. Uh, Big E and Apollo Crews mock Sami Zayn backstage, who is complaining about getting no respect as IC champion. No, no respect. He faces Big E and beats him via count out in sneaky heel fashion. No one cares about that match. He had that T-shirt. Mm-hmm. That little squiggly line drawn T-shirt. And the that a day later them. was then on sale from WWE. Could you imagine buying one of those for whatever it is, 25 quid for a WWE t-shirt these days, isn't it? Something like that. Just go to Primark and make your own. That's what I would do. Would you not? Well, I was so cynical. I saw that in SmackDown and I thought, they did this with B-Team. 
Yeah. When they do the crap t-shirt and make a thing of it, oh, now it's based around a match, and then they, oh, via, via the popular demand of Twitter, we're making it for real. And it's like, I look at it and it's got so forced, but everybody else is going, Sami Zayn, squeaky line drawing t-shirt. Oh, 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 gimme, gimme, gimme. So who am I to say anything negative? Mm. You're Matthew. <laughs> yeah, I was going to project to say something, but I'll oh, that awkward silence instead. Uh, I was going to say that uh, I was quite annoyed during WrestleMania 35 when they put Kofi's new championship shirt on sale during the match with Brian. I think that was a grossly over-exaggerated point by Ryan okay. Satan uh, because who the hell was on bloody WWE shop.com during bloody WrestleMania? Someone was, and then it went around Twitter. Oh, for, for, see, one guy... One weirdo was buying merch on the website as he's on. Imagine if it that's was not, me. That's not WWE's fault. Okay. They could have just went in WWE. <laughs> Sorry, Tony. You uh, shill. Stop it. <laughs> Kevin Owens cuts a promo involving... Oh, Christ. I, involving tables, ladders, and chairs, <laughs> saying that he fights for his family, but Roman gets his family to fight for him. Jey Uso shows up and attacks, but Owens predictably puts him through a table because it's Jey Uso. Uh, Reigns and Heyman enter, but makes Owens come out after him. He does oh, yeah, so they, what, sorry, yeah, they, they walk back and then yeah. Owens had to go after them. Yeah, yeah. You're painting a lovely picture. Sure. Uh, Roman addresses Owens' family and warns that he'll take food off their table. That's a Cheers. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. I get why they did this. I know why they're doing this. I love Kevin Owens and I love Roman Reigns' entire shtick right now. But all when Kevin Owens was talking about how hard and sturdy the table was, it was All I thought sexual. of was Trish Stratus when she's trying to play mind games with Bubba Ray Dudley back in 2000. And it had nothing to do with families. Well, making families, maybe. Uh, it was all about um, the tables have to be hard. Big tables are nice, but medium ones, and all this stuff there. And that was less forced than this promo, <laughs> I felt. But Kevin Owens took it rather sexual. I thought I turned it to Rick Mayle, sort of going like, <laughs> watching watching Kevin Owens stood there in the ring going, here's my friend, the table. She, he referred to the table as she. She's so welcoming. She'll welcome your body, Roman. And I was like, oh, Roman's going to get put through the table. <laughs> but he's not though, is he? Because Kevin is. He's going to he's set up now, isn't he? He's done the old wrestler thing. He's set it up so he's going through it. Ah, what's he like, uh, I think they both might go through a table. Together. A menage a table. God. <laughs> Lovely. So I'll leave a little pause there. Sorry for that, lads. Billy Kay apparently has a mystery tag partner for her match against the Riot Squad. It turns out to be Natalia. And they Bloody. lose pretty quickly. Whoever wrote this? It's amazing. What did I say? Just the way it's written. The mystery partner. It's Natalia. So they lose quickly. Oh, <laughs> mm. I hope this is from the recite again. No, this is me, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Gable and Otis, you know, Gable is now Otis's tag partner, the only one he's ever had. Uh, lose to Cesaro and Nakamura after Gable demands to be tagged in and messes it up. Womp womp. Afterwards, Gable blames Otis, but said it was a good learning experience. Otis is confused because he's fat and dumb, like a <laughs> 1960s Hanna Barbera character. We're in such a weird time in the wrestling, though. It doesn't really apply to Gable and Otis so much because I prefer Gable to Tucky. But, like, the Iconics split up a tag team and now they're both involved in, like, way worse tag teams. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. 
I agree. What, what do you think they'd call Otis if they had the ability? Vince Man had full ring. Would you just be like big, stupid, fat head or something? It would be like, <laughs> duh. Yeah, duh, it's just <laughs> duh. <laughs> <laughs> Making his way to the ring. <laughs> duh. duh. <laughs> just, just before the main event, Baron Corbin reveals that the Forgotten Sons are now called the Knights of the Lone Wolf. Hoorah! Hoorah. Ow! And apparently he's no longer king. Oh, yeah. Which would make more sense to have the knights, because knights worked for the king. Or yeah. I guess, well, whatever, who cares? It's pretty forgotten sons. Um, Carmella's assistant, wine taster and foot massage person, saves her from the bank statement. And an enraged Sasha doesn't break the referee's five count, getting herself DQ'd. Afterwards, Carmella takes advantage of another distraction from her assistant again to beat up Sasha and smash a bottle of champers over her back. Or wine. I wasn't sure whether it was champagne or wine. That would be a good bit to get her. Ask the wine <laughs> What goes best for a beating? It's like, yes. wine or champagne? Yes. Or yes. That's very good. Yeah. And he's there going, hmm, I don't know. Let's try both. Wank. Yeah. Wank. I'm going to say what? I'm going to say what? Wank. Oh, Christ. <laughs> He does do He just shows wank for no reason. He's never <laughs> seen again. Can't get the help nowadays. Uh, any other thoughts on SmackDown? Not really. Just then Carmella sprayed champagne all over the commentary table. And Corey pretended to be annoyed with her. That's it. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I will say one thing. Wasn't Big E meant to be getting a push around this sort of time? Yeah, saved off the important shows. Like... Like Rumble. He wasn't even on... I thought he'd be like a Soul, a soul Survivor, a Survivor Series or something, but he's losing to Sami Zayn by count-out. He rarely shows up, and when he does, he's backstage trying to be funny. What's going on? All right, then. I don't oh, know. Don't it's, know. It is strange, because he was, he was missing for large periods before Survivor Series as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it's strange. I don't know if they're going to go for maybe a shock Royal Rumble win or something like that. I don't know. Because what was Drew doing this time last year? I can't remember him doing much, was he? He was doing promos on Raw that were getting over, and he was uh, kicking everybody. No, he's doing more, was... more than big ears then. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, yeah, you're right. Now. But I think they just keep they're marinating him while they're seeing what they can do, if anything, with the oldies. Because Goldberg's gonna come up. People still want The Rock versus Roman Reigns for some reason. Oh, that's class. Don't see anybody. Oh. Um, the scene of the Ultimate Warriors still got it, and all the other things. And if they say no. They'll just be forced to go with Big E. So I think you'll be, just give it some time. Okay. <clears throat> Monday Night Raw. Ms. Reads, for, oh, this is good. Oh. Ms. Reads from a children's book called The Nightmare Before TLC as Styles and Morrison act out the upcoming TLC match in front of him. Morrison is playing Drew, so you can probably play how that sounds in your head. Uh, Styles definitely messes up the climatic line, by the way. Huh, yeah. You think so? Yeah, it was meant to rhyme. Uh, because it was like, Miz said something along the lines of, and then AJ said, when the time came, and then AJ says, this is the end, Drew, of your title run. And it was meant to be rain. I'm I thought it was like the joke. Oh, really? Because everyone else has rhymed like, Dulac is, face. Yeah. The exact lyrics. Please keep off off the grass, shine your shoes, wipe your... Face. There yeah. Go. yeah. You said it much better than me. Thank you for remembering all the lyrics. Um, but yeah, you, you're probably right there. 
Anyway, Styles is enjoying the story, which ends with him murdering Drew with his own sword. But Miz adds on a chapter where he cashes in the briefcase, and AJ isn't happy, and they argue. Seamus comes out to mercifully put a stop to this. Oh, that's a bit harsh. And I wasn't a fan. I, I saw people like this. I wasn't really a fan. And threatens AJ, who throws a Christmas tree at him and escapes. Seamus launches a Christmas present at Styles and nails him in the head. Great segment. Everyone looked cool and strong. That was sarcasm because I really didn't. Maybe I was just oh, okay. salty that. Maybe I was just salty that day when I wrote that. You know what? My expectations for Raw are usually down here. So when Miz came out and did this and you're all rhyming and acting out stuff and. For once, I didn't mind Morrison. I know he, he legit annoys you when he's supposed to be annoying. Um, but when Morrison was doing his thing and it made sense for it, uh, I was actually all right with it because at least it was something different and, you know, fitting the Christmas thing without being okay. too... Eh. But I can see why people would hate this because we saw the reaction to, you know, MGF and Jericho hamming it up. So they probably thought the same for this. I will um, say, like, they did well with what they were giving. Like, Miz did... They performed it uh, yeah, as well as they could. I like I think, it. Yeah. I thought it's, it was it's, it's the Miz. He's supposed to yeah. be that type of guy. Yeah. So. And people yeah. are going like, I saw. Who was it? I saw saying like, oh well, then AJ and then John Morrison. They were stood in the dark for ages, and that's silly. They've put on a the, the, the two of them are actors, and one of them is AJ Styles, who's an annoying dickhead as well. Of course, they're going to do that and think it's great. Oh. Yeah, that wasn't my issue. Yeah, I don't know who said that. By the way, somebody did. I've seen someone this week. Yes, probably Alvarez. Let's just put it on him. Why not? Yeah. He doesn't watch this show, so we'll say it. Brian Alvarez's opinion of this was disgusting. <laughs> um, there we are. AJ and Sheamus then have a match, which AJ wins after working Sheamus's leg a lot. Afterwards, Omos traps Sheamus in the ropes, and AJ batters him with a chair. Is it just me, or is it really weird that Sheamus, for years, was teaming up with Cesaro in the bar because we'll get reports that Sheamus was really banged up and knackered and it's on the team to make less work for him? But now he's come back in 2020, even older and even more banged up. And he's having these really good long 15-minute matches with everybody on Raw. That is weird. It's weird how life turns around. So They're not on the road anymore, brother, brother, brother. Yeah, I guess. So, hey, I'm not complaining. Sheamus Plus has he's been like, one of the in-ring highlights the past few months. Watching Celtic Warrior workouts like I do, just watching, not doing. Um, he's lost like a considerable amount. I know he's, he's, uh, he's kayfabe weights like 275 or something like that. I'm sure he's down in the 230s, early 230s, like legitimately. Shredded the man is. Shredded. I don't know if that's got anything to do with it, but thought it was worth it. No, thank you, Ross. I'm sure he's... <laughs> Listen, it's all. Thank you, Ross. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, the Hurt Business pour milk over a crew member in Riddle Merch backstage. Yeah, what a great segment. Especially when you're watching just Bobby Lashley and everyone else is talking, well, tonight we'll do this. And Lashley's there like, ha, ha, ha. And he looks down and realizes he's got milk all over his suit. And he's like, <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. oh. Oh. And he's there looking around. Did, he, like, he oh, did anyone he else see his that? Like, like, doesn't he? <laughs> puts his arms like that, doesn't he? Covered in milk. Covered in milk. He's like, oh, crap. Highlight like a roar. Afterwards, they beat Jeff Hardy of the New Day in a six-man tag team match. And then later, Riddle squashes MVP in about a minute. Which is painful, but not as painful as this Riddle talk. Uh, I, I need to say something. I sat on oh, last week's do. podcast and I said I didn't mind Riddle's shtick. Oh, that ended, Russ. That yeah, ended. Oh, Russ. Go on. That, that kind of flew end. under the radar a little bit. We all kind of went, all right. When really yeah. we should have gone, are you all right? If I said it this week, you've had every single right to go, <laughs> are you all right, Ross? Because this week, when he had... We'll just skip ahead a bit in the show. We um, we had Matt Riddle, or sorry, Riddle, uh, giving Ramblin' Rabbit a carrot... Mm. So Ramblin' Rabbit could sign the carrot to take it back home. 
to his rabbit called Skipper. That is too far, even for me. Even for me. <laughs> this was too. This was too the moment far. when you were like, not the pronuts, <laughs> not all the nonsensical stuff. The rabbit bit. Was the rabbit the bit is too far. <laughs> okay. I didn't mind. I don't mind the fiend doing stuff with puppets. I don't mind the misery now, a little thing and having him and Morrison do it because they're they get and one of them's an actor and well, sorry, they're both actors, so that makes sense. I don't know what Matt Riddle is. At some points, he's this badass MMA dude who does his flip flops and that, but he's supposed to be likable. And he's cutting some of the worst promos in living memory, where he's basically like, "Whoa, hey." Something I, I gotta think of a bro pun. Um, my favorite wrestler in SmackDown is Broman Reigns. Ha ha ha! And now he's talking to a rabbit, going, "I have a rabbit at home," which he said again earlier, previous week. So I guess we're supposed to relate to him, going, "Oh, I I know rabbit." And he goes, <laughs> "I have a rabbit at home, and if you could sign this carrot, that would be great." Am I? This is Vince, right? Written, isn't it? Surely this is Vince's idea of what a stoner is. Right now, Otis is better written than him. Yeah, because he's basically a fridge with eyes, written by the stack. You know, I can't even speak understand English or maths, but at least that fits his character. He's not challenging for the world title. Riddle is supposed to be a badass, and he's also the stupidest man alive. Yeah, he's like Festus, but with weed. <laughs> yeah, that's what the when, thing is now. When you, I wish that Riddle would. Have, I wish that rabbit would have hit him with a carrot. <laughs> when you said that Otis was like a fridge with eyes. That made me imagine him as a Banjo Kazooie character in like a kitchen level, and there's a, just a fridge with that. And he sounds when he talks like a Banjo Kazooie. Yeah. I think that'd be class. Pretty much it at the minute. Yeah. <laughs> him and Riddle they just talk for hours. They can't. They promote the start of Raw and they come back three hours later and they're still talking to each other, just making noises. <laughs> so yeah, I, I completely see where we're coming from there, Ross. But don't worry, it gets better. Lana shockingly beats Nia Jax. But Nia and Shayna batter afterwards until Asuka makes a save. Alana's now injured and can't tag with Asuka at TLC. Fantastic. Uh, the only highlight of seeing Lana come out and like backstage is like, Aah! the entire time. She's like munches scream. And then she gets beat up and then she's like, yay, I flukily won. And then gets attacked and then beaten. Begs. Begs for mercy. No, don't. And then has her legs injured. And now she's off TLC. The only redeeming bit of this was the roll-up pin. Miro, Prince Green, then went, I taught her that pin. We're both winners. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> was that a sexual joke from Miro there? I'm going to assume yes. It's Miro. He's filthy. And uh, 60, that was it. 69 and isn't he? <laughs> yeah. 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 69 and. But I thought it, I thought it was a nifty manoeuvre by Lana. That's the way she... Yeah. And Naya on her part as well, the way they worked it in the ropes. But uh, I'm just... Why, why haven't we had Lana go, like, I can do the wrestling here, lasses. I'll show, I'll prove you wrong. Why is this not happening yet? It's the most obvious thing to do, isn't it? If you're trying to get Lana cheered as a babby face. I don't know. That would be, be better than what's been going on, yeah. Mm. Can you imagine the discussions backstage? All right, Lana, I've got this great idea for you. Oh, fantastic. I thought you guys were mad at me because the whole Miro thing. No, don't be silly. That's what Alvarez and Ryan Satan tweet. Don't ignore them. Ignore them. Uh, we're going to put you through nine tables. Uh, you're going to be beaten up by two women. You're going to cry every time you're around them. And you can only get any distance from them when you have Asuka. And even then, you're both running. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. And this will make people like you. I feel like... This decision was made because me and Tom were talking about how weird this was on the news one day because Lana's been taken <laughs> out of the... Good afternoon, pedophiles. 
Lana's been taken oh, that's a different out. Different news. I'm sorry, Jack. Lana's been taken out of this storyline ahead of the pay per view when she is the center of the storyline. It's all about her, and she's been taken out of it, and the story's continuing without her. So the only thing I can think is that it's for a return. So we've been saying, like in the predictions, it's me, Tom, and Sam this week. Me and Tom have both said it'll probably be Charlotte. Sam hasn't made his predictions at the time of recording, unsurprisingly. <laughs> but, you know. What's he like, eh? You, What's he you like? bastard. Probably just going to see what everyone else thinks. <laughs> um, I bet he goes for Charlotte Flair anyway. Um, but other candidates could be Eva Marie, perhaps. Could it be um, Sonia? I saw theorized on Twitter as the mystery partner. I saw someone saying Naomi for a, there was an actual reason behind it, a link between her and Asuka that I can't remember. Fair enough. I'd like to see it be Naomi as well. Mm. Did I freeze but, there? No, you're all right. You're moving. Oh, oh you yeah. two froze. Oh, tantalizing. Uh, we, we warmed up around you. <laughs> but you're right, though, Jack. The whole thing is about Lana, and she's not in it. Yeah. Awesome. I can't wait. It'll be bloody riddle. <laughs> oh, me and Asuka will have oh I think of a bro pun we're um, the Japanese bro sores oh, yeah that was there awful. you go she's not even called that's not even that's Tajiri not Asuka she's the empress of tomorrow what have I done doesn't matter Asuka tomorrow does the bro, bro. Yeah, have you not seen the rating have you not seen the rating no one's watching <laughs> yeah fantastic uh, later, Shayna faces Dana Brooke, but loses via DQ when Nia shoves Dana off the... Oh, it's could be here, isn't it? Then they try to beat Dana down, but Mandy Rose makes a save with Kendall Stick and Asuka joins in too. Oh, well, yeah, it's one of them two then, isn't it? No, because they're a tag team already, Mandy and Dana. Oh, yeah, you're right. You want to break the foundations of the prestigious women's tag team title division. Also, man, Dana was kicking Shayna's ass. Uh, not... Oh, no, that was last week, wasn't it? Was it? No, this week she was taking it to her, then it was almost like... Oh, is this later on? Maybe. When did Dana have a match with Shayna? Maybe that's still to come in the notes, actually. That's what you're about, I just read it then. Yeah, that's what you're about. Oh, right. Yeah, Dana was kicking Shayna's ass. <laughs> yeah. And Shayna had to be saved by Nia. What has happened to Shayna? Wait, Dana... So Dana had uh, aggression on opponents, and she looked strong. Yeah. Boo! Boo! Wait, wait, why is that? <laughs> oh, sorry, I was reacting how I th- Dewey thinks I'm supposed to react. Because oh, obviously right. I'm supposed to cheer when Lana gets destroyed every week. So Dana Brooke getting uh, offense on someone is a bad thing. No. No, it's a bully getting her comeuppance. Shayna Baszler deserves that beating. Oh, okay, right, cool. Just write since, that down. Since when could Dana hand it to Shayna in kayfabe? I don't understand. I reckon in some some point in the end of 2014 coming into 2015, I reckon it was possible maybe then. Yeah. But that's it. <laughs> I Ever since then, no. <laughs> I, was my surpri- I wasn't expecting you to actually answer the question. That was really good. No, because remember a period of time where it looked like the future of WWE was Dana Brooke on the women's side and Apollo Crews on the men's side. I'll never forget that period of time. You know what NXT do, like the end of year award things, and they have that um, yearbook thing. And it's like, who is the who's going to be the next Golden Goose, essentially? I don't know what name they call it. And one year it was Apollo and Dana. Mm. And I was like, yippee. <laughs> Well, staying around the 2015, 2014. Ah, oh, she was with Emma, wasn't she? Oh, yes. Christ. Uh, anyway, uh, Elias loses his new bodyguard, Jackson Riker. Yay. You know, the guy from Forgotten Sons that no one wanted. The 24-7 division interrupts, and Ryder takes care of them by Jove. 
Especially oh, Gren Matalik and Akira Dozawa. Especially the... Oh, especially the non-Americans. Okay. <laughs> Strange. Strange that. Weird. Moving on. Miz Morrison beat Keith Lee in a handicap match. Boo, it says here. Uh, well, of course. People have made a big deal of this, I guess because of the news beforehand. But it's a handicap match. I always thought it was okay to lose them. It now, is, Matthew. I thought this. But then you remember who beat Miz and Morrison in the handicap but two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whatever it was. And it was Drew McIntyre. So immediately, um, yeah. Well, it'll meet, why not? But we, you know, you think just looking at the wrestling, Keith would be on not not the same level, but touching distance of a Drew McIntyre. So that immediately just the the semantics and what you take from those one person winning and one person losing, he's way below Daddy Drew, isn't he? Also, Matthew, I will say, even if it's fine to lose a handicap match, why book Keith Lee in this to lose? Isn't like Big E? Isn't he supposed to be having a push around this sort of time? It just proves yeah. that all wrestling news is bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> no, just Alvarez's. Nace uh, beats Ricochet. Good God! After distractions from the other members of Retribution, afterwards Ali tells Ricochet this doesn't end until he joins the group. For the love of God, Ricochet, don't join them. It says here in the notes. Well, yeah, I mean, his name might already sound like a member of Retribution, in fairness, but you shouldn't join. What is it? We'd have to change it to something else to show that he's part of Retribution. Trevor. It's bounce Ricochet, back. Ricochet, bounce back. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never survive against bounce back. Here comes <laughs> Boing. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, this was the first week, I think, it was um, sort of made an actual bit of the old canon that Mace and T Bar and Slapjack and reta- is it retaliation? No, it was because um, uh, Ali goes to uh, Ricochet. No, Ali says to Samoa Joe, "Aren't you sat in Mace's chair?" So Dio Madden is <gasps> within the canon. They are actually supposed to be the people we know they are, and I thought that was an amazing little detail that they've taken way too long to actually include. Yeah, that really is. I think that'll be forgotten about in a week. But well, (laughs) you tried. You tried harder than WWE. Uh, Bray Wyatt cuts a promo, but is interrupted by Randy Orton on the Tron. Orton challenges Bray to a game of hide and seek. (laughs) Bray accepts and looks all over the backstage area for Orton. Eventually, Randy ambushes him, locks him in a production box, and sets it on fire. Bray emerges unharmed as the fiend and chokes Orton out with the mandible claw. Yep. That's right. Bray can survive fire. Ross, was this part of Raw which you meant was too silly? Yeah. Yeah, you need to, you need to clarify. Is this a silly bit? It's, 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 it's completely logical, for example, Kane to lock his brother the Undertaker in a box and Undertaker to take many months off and then come back. But to come out the same box is a different... Ha, come on now. I, would, I didn't care for Randy Orton challenging anybody for a game of hide-and-seek to begin with. But yeah, this is this just came soon after Riddle and the Carrot. and It was too it was too much for one show. Too much for one show. A highlight of that little bit with uh, Riddle and the Rabbit was obviously Bray was in the segment and then left. And then he had to go... Bro, bro, rambling rabbit. And then Bray had to do the voice. We didn't have the voice modulation. So instead of having that high-pitched noise, it was just, hey, it's me, rambling rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) 
I really mean, it's me, pure rumbling rabbit. Eh? Yeah. yeah, it's really me. Yeah. <laughs> and at least Rail didn't appear on this. Like, there's a flaming thing, like, whoa, I can really... Oh, yeah, marshmallows, can, dude, yeah. <laughs> I can use this to light my cigar. I'm a bi- <laughs> pyro, pyromaniac. Oh, dude, when I said I was getting baked, I didn't mean like this. <laughs> dude. He's just there in the background making stupid noises. His brain, brain around you beat each other up. He's just poochy. Whoa. He's poochy. Riddle is poochy. <laughs> Riddle needs to go back to his home planet. <laughs> Not gnarly. Yeah. Isn't there a rule on that episode of The Simpsons? Is something like whenever Poochie's not around, other characters should be saying, "Where's Poochie?" Riddle is Poochie. <laughs> I've decided. Yeah. Where are we at? Wait, uh, no. Next week, someone's like, "Hey, Riddle, do you have something to say?" <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm gonna get high. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and then the main event. Of the go home show before TLC, so <laughs> guess what, lads? <laughs> we end this show with a ceremonial WWE Championship Ascension ceremony. Yes. Name the TLC match, blah, blah, blah. AJ questions how it took Drew so long to make it to the top of the wrestling world when he has all the talent and attributes needed. Styles suggests that Drew can't handle pressure, like when he lost the belt at Orton at Hell in a Cell. Drew says that losing and regaining the belt only helped him because it made him realize that it takes to stay. What it takes to stay, I should say, at the top of the mountain. Drew knows he'll beat Styles, even if the stipulation plays into AJ's hands. Drew hooks the belt to the wire, and it's raised above the ring. It's dramatic music, please. Yes. What was the dramatic music, Jack? I ca- all I can think of is Requiem for it. But the dramatic music was playing as AJ was talking, so it was like he was giving an evil speech in a cartoon. It's like, you'll never beat me. And it's all like... <laughs> I'm going to get you. <laughs> so good. Miz and Morrison come out from under the ring and lead a beat down. But Drew fights them off. He's about to take care of AJ, but o- Omos distracts him from in outside the ring. I've got out talk, sorry. And Styles takes control. He elbow drops Drew through a table to close the show. 1.52 million <laughs> viewers. I think that's a positive. Because if, th- if 3 million people saw it, that would be more devastating because they never watch again. I did see someone go online and says, where are all those wrestlers that were saying, well, if you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. Are they now realising that people are following their advice? <laughs> My friend Mark and me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love seeing that promo get brought up every time there's a record low number. Well, me yeah. and my not we're not going to watch it. Uh, Has there ever been a championship ascension ceremony before? I don't know. I can think of. If there has been, I don't remember it because why would I? Do you reckon the belt is actually going to stay there until Sunday? Like Drew walk out without his belt? Someone should just have it on SmackDown. Someone should climb up and get it. (laughs) I'm the champion. The great (laughs) Carly. Yeah. Shit of the Punjabi prison. Drew comes out. He goes, where's my belt? (laughs) Sammy Zane's running the back with a badly drawn shirt going, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) All property is theft. AW Dynamite. Hangman and the Dark Order lose to Matt Hardy and Private Party after Matt steals the pin from his teammates. I'm digging the Dark Order Hangman stuff where the Dark Order have gone. Ah where, let's team up with you. Nah. Ah where? Nah. Ah where? Nah. Ah where? Oh, alright then. And they showed up with little matching Hangman outfits, got <laughs> together, and it, it coincides with the other little highlight of this thing, which is uh, Matt Hardy 
probably with the twenty the, the the heel turn of twenty twenty, which is after beating Sammy Guevara, uh, the deletion whatever. Uh, two weeks later, he showed up on AW Dynamite. It's like, ah, I'm a heel now. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. He's got twenty five gimmicks, Matthew. It's fine. Yeah, and twenty four of them are copyrighted by WWE. Yeah, I, I don't enjoy this Matt. I enjoy the Matt Hardy we saw on this week's Dynamite, but I don't enjoy the changing nature of the Hardy from week to week to week. Don't enjoy that at all. Sorry, Tony, as shocking as it is to say, don't like something that AEW did. I uh Sorry, after all the positive things we said about Raw, I'm sure WWE hiring us. <laughs> I like the part where John Silver rode ha- it's gonna sound filthy. Rode hangman like a horse in the middle of the ring. Bareback. back. <laughs> Long John Silver. Because Hangman was like you'd expect him to be really grumpy in this match. Like Rollins whenever he had a team with the New Day. But Hangman, there was a wry smile at times. He was starting to enjoy it. What are they like, yeah? That yeah. little John boy, what's he like? Yeah. He's that and one introvert who doesn't want to come to the party. Even though he tells yeah. him to have a good time. And as soon as he's there, he has a good time. And I was like, tell you. Yeah. He's Charlie the Unicorn. And the, the other two are the other two. Wow. Um, yeah. Emo. Well, so, references world. 2005 MSN there. <laughs> um, also... Uh, I think Reynolds needs a shout out because he was good in this match, and we always forget about him because of because Silver's so good. And and Matt Hardy hit a draping twist of fate from the inside of the ring to the outside, and John Silver took it like a barter. I couldn't believe that. He hurt his knee, mm. on every other bit of his body in that spot. But I could then. Cody after revealing he's going to have a Ben, had a hilarious Only Fools and Horses reference. Uh, Cody then beats. Oh no, 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 dry, dry eye in the house. Cody then beats Angelico, but Team Taz interrupt the celebration and go to beat him up. The lights go out and Sting saves him again. Powerhouse Hobbs looks like he wants to fight Sting, but Team Taz drag him away and they leave. Sting glares at Darby up in the stands. Uh, match was all right, but after the segment, all of Team Taz are out there. Even Baby Taz is there, and Sting comes out. He's like, "It's Sting." And then he leaves. I was just begging for Team Taz to come out and gone. Oh, he's gone! And then beat up Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts here on uh, the little saga? The match was good. Yeah, I enjoyed the match a lot. Yeah, there was a crisscross. There was a crisscross. Crisscross. Jump. Jump. Crisscross. Sorry. Also, um, it had a slightly sort of. What's it called? Is it Diminishing Returns? Because it was very similar to Sting's debut, saving Cody from Taz and Team Taz. So, you know. You miss still build- plot elements. They're still building to a match between Cody and Sting, aren't they? Sting's, guessing- a, bit che- Sting's a bit cheeky, isn't he? Bit- Give him a wink. What are they going to do now with Jade Cargill and Brandy? Because Brandy's pregnant now. So... Oh, Christ, I. Is it going to be Shaq versus Cody? Yeah, because we were sitting near this... List last week when we go and they're using Shaq to build the Jade versus Brandy. I thought a mixed tag maybe, but now it's not going to happen. Brandy can't be involved at all. No, Sting's going to take a place. <laughs> Jade versus Sting, and Shaq will do something. Whatever. They, God, such I have no a idea weird, such a strange timeline is developing. Yeah. I'm all for Cody versus Shaq one-on-one. I feel like they'd make it entertaining in like a Floyd Big Show kind of way. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All I want is, is to get him and slam him so hard that the glass behind the ring, whatever, shatters. It's all I want. Oh, like the backboard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They'll make it work, whatever. It's special effects. Uh, Eddie Kingston comes out to address his three enemies, God, Pack, and Archer. And someone's put here, shag, marry, kill, for some reason. <laughs> Don't know why they've done that. Disgraceful Thought, scenes here. Called the marry God. It's called the money, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and you get a prime spot in heaven, wouldn't you? Yeah, right, next to, right next to him. What are the two options? Pack and who? Lance Archer. Archer. Oof. I would see off Lance Archer in killing him sense, I mean. Because uh, <laughs> he just wants everyone to die to me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So let's, let's stop him killing everybody. Uh, I'll kill God. <gasps> Good for a laugh. That one scene in Star Trek is like, oh, Klingons don't have gods. Uh, ancient Klingon warriors slew them millennia ago because they were more trouble than what they were worth. Uh, and then obviously Shagpak. Archer interrupts and attacks Kingston, but the Butcher and Blade run down to help. The Lucha Brothers join in as well, and here's Pack too. Bit of a tease there because I haven't seen Pack for a few weeks and nothing's been said about him, so glad to see he's actually alive. Pack and Archer get in each other's way, trying to beat down Eddie, so he escapes for now. I like this because... Not much is happening. It's building. It's building momentum. That lovely expression we all love because it's their Christmas festive period. Come on, who's who's be watching that much next week anyway? But we have the necessary hype up for any one of those to have a go at each other. Yeah, Butcher, Blade, Pack, Eddie, Archer, all of them. I found that this show was quite like that generally, where they've got next week's show coming up, which is after a big basketball game, so they want to put some interesting stuff on there if in case there's any new viewers. Then the next two weeks are that special, the holiday special. So this week I feel like was kind of, it was kind of a setup week rather than a big show-stopping week in itself. Yes, and you've reminded me of something I was going to ask. Apparently it's in the AEW lot, either they're going to or they've done it already, I don't care. Um, they've reenacted scenes from the Christmas story, the... American film about the kid who wants a gun and he gets a gun and he shoots his eye out and whatever. What? Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to ask, this is a big thing to a lot of Americans, this this 
film. This Christmas, I think it's called the Christmas Story. Okay, I've got to check what it's, it's called. It's got the guy. It's, it's got the guy who played George and Stuart Little in, hasn't it? Is that him? The, that the same guy. Christmas Story. Yeah, 1983 film. Maybe not George from Stuart Little. Then. <laughs> oh, where's it gone? It's all talking about God and stuff. Oh, a Christmas story. Okay, there we go. Not the Christmas story, which is actually about you know that Jesus fella. Um, here we go. Yes, American Christmas comedy film directed by Bob Clark and based on some guy. Cast: Peter Billingsley as Ralphie Arthur, who MJF plays that role, I think. Right, he did not play the role in Stuart Little. Sorry. Yeah, it's about 10 years too early for my timeline. I oh, don't know anything about films, me. And again, the reason why I asked this question is because I'm big into Christmas films. Like, a lot of people in America love that film and they consider it part of the Christmas period. I've only seen it once and I've I vaguely remember it. it. Never seen so it. So I just want to ask you two guys, <clears> you ever see the film or care about it or anything? I've never seen it or even heard of it, I think. Oh, okay. But it now explains to me the, fall, uh, the Fallout Boy... A song title, you'll shoot your eye out. You'll yeah. spell like you like Christmas time. I'm not saying you can tell it's an American film because a kid asked for a gun, but I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, the Inner Circle face top flight best friends and varsity blondes, great name, and a 12 man tag. Jericho uses the bat behind the referee's back, and Hager hits a bad version of Wardlow's F10 for the win. I think that was intentional. It's like a mocking, ooh, look at me, I'm Wardlow, I'm big. Um, the brawl continues after the bell and top flight send Jericho and MJF packing, setting up a tag match for next week. After all the commotion on Twitter and all the, I guess, uh, inadvertent build for this, I thought this was an all right match, but <laughs> again, everything we expecting from um, JR and I, I, it was just a match. <laughs> it was setting up, it set up two other things. Yeah. So it's uh, top flight versus MJF and Jericho and it's set up the best friends are going to do something with Miro and Sabian and Penelope, to use Ross's and Booker T's term. It's Booker yeah. T's term. No, I can say I can say Penelope, <laughs> but that's wrong. <laughs> Thunder Rosa is backstage. I swear you've missed out a bit here. Well, what? Where the acclaimed come out? Not, you have missed out. Do I not mention the acclaimed? Oh, you have it underneath. Okay. In, in, the acclaimed beat SCU after Caster hits Daniels with their boombox. They call up the Bucks and set up a tag title match. Also, there was a little bit of tension between Kazarian and Daniels afterwards. Okay. What did you think? Wait, the... well, you've got to care about that. That's Kaz and Daniels. Uh, Best uh, friends forever. That's great. God. Oh, I'm so sad. What did you think of the pre match rap battle? Yo, the acclaimed. Here we go. And then again, I love them. Oh, I'm sold, Matthew. <laughs> I'm <totally> sold. <laughs> <laughs> it was the it was the call him CD because he's an outdated format. Oh. I was like, oh my god! And then the the Frankie Kazarian hair plugs joke didn't work as well in rhyming terms, but it was still all right. And Kazarian spat some bars back at them, saying, "You're out here with your boombox dissing. Are you the acclaimed or are you men on a mission?" <laughs> I was like, oh, it was yeah. really good. I liked it. I liked their gimmick. I liked them doing stuff. All I read online was people slating them. What? I was slating good who? Dude. Slating who, claimed. No. Tell, tell me who said this. <laughs> their, rhymes, their name rhymes with Brian Layton. Brian Layton. Oh, that's too hard. Oh, uh, Ryan Ryan, oh Satan. 
<laughs> it wasn't really. I just like name dropping them, taking them, making fun of them. Um, <laughs> no, it's just fans I spoke speak to. My little bubbles were like, oh, they look so bad in this match. And I went, no, did they? No, no. Like to be fair, the. Oh. I did note in graded that SCU battered them for most of the match and then they got that cheap win at the end. But the heels and and went to compare them to like Enzo and Cass, you've got the mouthpiece and you've got the one who's actually hard. And a bit like England's hardest men, the North tag team. Oh, um, wow. But, um, but I feel like it's fine for them to get battered by Daniels and Kazarian and then win. Because... You don't, Enzo Amore used to get battered all the time and then he'd have to rely on Cass. Well, in this case, they had to rely on cheating. I think it's fine. Yeah, I'm sure they appreciate that comparison. Uh, yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm all for them. Thunder Rosa is backstage and says she doesn't accept Britt Baker's claim that she doesn't belong in AEW. She also says Britt has a big nose. Britt jumps Rosa and says she's ugly under the face paint. Oh. Shakespearean, it says. Well, right. So WWE often, especially in women's feuds, fall back on physical appearance-based rivalries or like insults to do with physical appearance, right? But I think they do it way too often, especially with the women's division. So I, even though Brett and Thunder Rose's feud isn't just built on this, I was a bit annoyed when they brought it into it because I was like, oh, I'll try and be a bit more original. But what did you think? Well, I think it fits a... I know what you're saying, but we have just finished a bit where a guy's made fun of somebody with hair plugs. Yeah, that so is very true. I get true. what you're saying, though. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he made it rhyme. I like Britt Baker doing her thing, so I'm all right with it. You it are does... right where you're saying Britt Baker can do whatever she wants. It does fit her kind of mean girl's character, I suppose. I agree with everything that was said there. Sorry, I'm just in the background while I'm at... Housemate appears to be coughing every second, so oh, distracted. God. What's his oh. name again? Paul. Paul. Go and check he's all right, will you? You neglected him last week. <laughs> Some might <laughs> even think you don't give a crap about Paul. <laughs> we'll get the door fitted. We'll check them. <laughs> Whenever Paul gets mentioned, all I can hear is V1 from OSW's impression of Vince when he gets crushed by the thing during the million dollar giveaway, and then Triple H goes to check on him and he's like, Pa, I can't feel my leg. <laughs> That was good. I'll finish, what we, we'll finish the week of wrestling. Then we'll, I'll check if he's alive. Uh, Serena Deeb and Big Swole beat uh, Ivelisse and Diamante in tag team action. Nyla Rose runs down to beat up the babyface afterwards, but she's hit with a chair by Red Velvet. Woohoo. <laughs> Woohoo. This is a proper women's match on Dynamite, man. Rejoice. Yeah, it was. It was, but Deeb and the other NWA people are so much better. Deeb's then, AEW. She's nah, just a champion. Now nah, she's official AEW. Oh, no. Yeah. She's NWA champion, though. So what that means, I don't know. But she's officially got a contract and she's signed with AEW. Thunder okay. Rosa is not. She's NWA. It's all very oh. confusing, I know. Yeah. Oh, okay, Where's okay. Leila Hirsch? She AEW. She wasn't on the... I'm only going off the official roster page. This is all I'm going off. The acclaimed are on the official roster page. Yeah. Me and Jack did a tier... Everyone what we I, talked about, Jack, is on the AW roster page. What I noticed is that we didn't talk about Top Flight, but they are... On the roster page? But they are They signed. did a Twitter a big thing that they've signed, yeah. Oh. Well, they're not on the roster page. Should we just give them a tier now, Top Flight? Uh, middle. I'd go all right, yeah, from what yeah, I've yeah, done cool. so, so far. I've done too much. Yeah. That's weird, then. 
Yeah, it was. I it thought AEW were good at the roster, keeping the roster page up to date. I thought it was just WWE. No. Maybe it's a symptomatic of the wrestling business as a whole. Oh, that's the big question this week. Who has the best roster page in all of wrestling? It's Impact, by the Who way. Who can keep their roster page their up to date? <laughs> Impact's image quality is the best in wrestling on their website. It is superb. We got Whenever we get sent like press releases from Impact and that, the quality of the images is out of this world. This is really boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're right, though. When I do need an image, it's one of the weirdest things. Everyone else have this. We need an image. Maybe not even great to it. We want an image from something that happened on Raw. And you have to like go through the maze of W.com. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not click here for raw photos. It's like highlights of raw, certain superstar. And you're like, all right, there we go. There's the photos all right, arranged 50 together. Times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a slideshow like this. And it, it's great. You expect to see, you know, what's it called? Who's in the maze? Oh, it's going so well, Matthew. You, oh, it's, it's gone. It's down. It's down. Theseus. Yes. Thank you. A lot of yeses. Hey, Kenny Omega beats Joey Janela in an ODQ main event, the best type of match Joey Janela should be in, uh, with Don Callis pro- providing commentary on a live microphone. And there's some good exchanges here with Tony Schiavone. says, like, oh, move, move out of the way. I'll sit down. He's like, no, nah, kiss my ass. Tony, yeah, Tony's yeah. like, no. <laughs> no. And then they start talking to him, like, yeah, Kenny, you're the best. And then as I Jim Ross, Tony says, ah, oh, they ran out of material when the bell rang. <laughs> uh yeah, it, that, that's it. People were quite sceptical. Sceptical, that's the wrong word. Critical of this match because it's Kenny Omega. He's got to beat opponent who he's had a great match with. The first AW Dark, I believe. The no DQ wild match. That's to keep Joe Jello strong. Oh, for, yes. yeah. No, it's, it's, those... it, this is an example of last night's show tying up loose ends. Oh, yes. Right. It is. Cast your minds back to the start of the pandemic, if you will. Uh, Joe Janela was involved in the tournament, wasn't he? But couldn't participate because of COVID. No, what? Was Sunny Kiss. That yeah, wasn't that. Was that a lot long ago? No, that wasn't that long ago. Well, I don't know if it was. This, it was during the. I during, thought he was. I thought he was. It injured. happened this. It happened this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Sunny Kiss took his place. So Joey last night had a shot at getting a shot at the title, didn't he? If he won last night, he would have got a shot. So that sort of tied that loose end up. There was another example which I can't remember from. Last it's just coming. Up, it's just coming up oh, now. Sorry. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say it's. A, I, I love that you added the detail. If Joey Janela won, they would receive the title shot. I'm like, did anybody read that bit? Did anyone pay attention to that? Even commentary, yeah. even Excalibur was like, yeah, yeah, and if he wins, he'll get a title shot, right? Yeah. He's going to get battered. Go on, go on, Joey. Um, yeah, but this was all about Kenny, Kenny the the new dick. Uh, the new, new dick. dick manager. Talking, talking it's crap. It's a new dick. Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, and they're both doing microphone bits and him annihilating him. Janela uh, seemed to be very out after he took the dive. He sat in the chair and took the dive and no one seemed to notice and... Oh. And then Janela did the the leg drop from the ring the outside. It's all right, though. He landed very safely on Kenny Omega's face. Yeah. Uh, look at those. Kenny, Kenny Omega is immune to anything, as we just saw in Triple Mania when he had that amazing match with Laredo Kid. And his style of wrestling really stuck out when you appreciate he did all that in a lucha ring. It yeah. was hard as concrete. And he was doing um, it did the one-winged angel off the top, falling backwards, amongst lots of other things. So well done, Kenny Omega, you freak robot, you. Oh, are Lucha uh, Rings are Lucha Rings hard? They were down for it, yeah. That's why the style of wrestling ah. is it's all it mostly rolls and dives rolls. and down the outside and stuff. Yeah, makes um, sense. That's why you don't see many people doing big moves off the top and stuff. Because like, that, oh, that's it, I ain't getting up. I knew that Japanese rings were renowned to be rock solid, but I didn't realise that Mexican ones as well. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, 
Pac interrupts the celebration, woohoo, to reveal that he's spoken to Tony Khan. <laughs> and it says, which must have been a weird conversation, and has set up Omega versus Phoenix versus December 30th. Not Pac versus what we might think. Uh, Omega is fuming. Because Phoenix, like Ross said, is a loose end because he never got eliminated from the tournament. He just got injured. Right. Yes. Yeah. You sounded proper like Alan Robson there when you did that pack impression. Is that a good thing? Why I? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mostly enjoyed AEW because at least they're setting up stuff and stuff that's happening. Uh, Kenny Omega is supposed to be a weirdo robot as opposed to, you know, half a roll. NXT. I'm looking forward to hearing what Jack's got for us here. Right, this, Johnny, right so I don't know if my on. notes are just too succinct here or if not that much happened that needed to be explained. It was all very straightforward, I think. That's fine. Uh, Gargano and Theory beat Leon Ruff and Kushida. Is Kushida just wearing jeans now full-time? Well, he loves Back to the Future. Denim. 80s. Neon. I don't know. I don't know. He's had a touch of the Eddie Edwards's, hasn't he? Now he's a street guy. Yeah. Uh, Leon Ruff didn't get all of the dive to the outside. That's all I saw in this match. Austin Theory has a nice finisher. Oh. It's changed its name. It's a twisty, a twisty thingy. It used to be called ataxia. Now I don't know what that is, but it sounds like a medical condition. So I might Google it now. It's like an Italian. I was going to say like an Italian asking for a taxi. Christ. Ataxia <laughs> is a neurological sign consisting of a lack of voluntary coordination of muscle movements. Anyway, there we go. Oh, was that actually it? The sentence went on for way too long explaining Oh, okay, fair enough. The and what is the new name for it? The Way. Because <laughs> oh. the stable. Oh, is it called This is the Way? And the stable's the Way. The stable's oh, the way. And the, the, move's called, the move's called This is the Way. And Pete Dunn is fuming somewhere. Sasha Banks should have the rights to that name. She was on the bloody Mandalorian. I don't... I've not seen it, but I do want to watch it, so I'm just going to duck out of any spoilies. Oh. Oh, they say that every episode. There, okay, right. Thing. Yeah. Um, the... What am I talking about them for? Moving on. Champa beats Tyler Rust. Tyler wow. Rust. Why is there a wrestler called <laughs> Tyler Rust? I ask this every single week. And he's got rust-coloured gear. Do you notice Makes that sense. this week? He had that yeah. on the indie scene. No, why, why does he need rust-coloured gear and rust as a name? No, no, Matthew. It was metallic on the indies. Now it's turned into rust on the next <laughs> uh, Oh, no. Well done, Jack. Think Thank about. Hey. So this is Rust Taylor. Or Rusty Taylor, I guess. Now Tyler Rust. Rust. I don't mind that name, by the way. Maybe it's just because I know him, but... He's not going to win a title, though, is he? That might bite me Hey, he, he held He's... up his end of the... He didn't get battered as much by Champa as I thought he would. No, he was, it was a good match. You can tell he's good at the... I've never seen him wrestle before last night. You can tell he's very good at the wrestling. He had a, he had a couple of good moves. He's got a lovely physique. But at the end of the day, his second name is Rust. No, well, I mean, Dolph Ziggler won the World Heavyweight Championship. That's a fair point well made. Thank you. <laughs> 30 years ago. <laughs> uh, yes, he's fit than a butcher's dog, so it's nice to win NXT. Um, <clears throat> Champa beats him, of course. I think he's beaten everybody who's coming in so far. Good on you, Champa. Before wiping his face on a Timothy Thatcher shirt. The disrespect. Thatcher comes out and they're held apart. 
God, there's a lot of beef in that three-way scenario. Whoa. Oh, beef. So you know. Shredded beef. Lean beef. Oh, 5% beef. <laughs> Costs a bit more, but it's worth it. Kyle O'Reilly beats Pete Dunne to become the new number one contender. He'll face Finn Balor at New Year's Evil. <laughs> that name, man. <laughs> well, straight out of 98. Fantastic. Uh, this... No, that was a good match, though. Yeah, I was going to say, the match, if it was anything like the wrestling that they did at War Games, that was probably I a mean, good match. They're both really good and really good at wrestling each other. So, I mean, I was I will say I was surprised that uh, Kyle O'Reilly won. I thought because he's already wrestled Balor, they'd have Pete Dunne win, and he goes on to challenge Balor. But instead, they've gone for Kyle. I'm not I'm not angry either. Either I didn't have a dog in this fight. I, I was happy with either man winning, but I was surprised that Kyle did. Because Kyle, Kyle didn't get the job done last time. I hope he wins. I love it. In the words of Kevin. <laughs> Again, he's brought up Kevin Keegan. I brought up Kevin Keegan earlier today in the in the <laughs> chat. You can um, never bring up Kevin Keegan too much. Yeah, I know. Falling off his bike on a game show. <sighs> <laughs> what, I had no idea though. Like until like discovering YouTube and whatever, and seeing the clips from playing for bloody Germany and seeing how shredded he was. He was the Russ Taylor of his day, <laughs> Kevin oh. Keegan. You don't believe the, it. The, the the shampoo advert in the showers. Oh, they were too. I can't believe they made air during, like you know, before the before the uh, the old watershed. Oh. He's a proper arsehole, that man. Sorry. Um, anyway, uh, Indy Hartwell gets herself <laughs> DQ'd after hitting Jonesy Blackheart with Candice's trophy. Candice beats down Blackheart oh, afterwards. Yeah, sorry. Candice had a trophy in the opening segment, right? Which is um, it's got Shotty's head on it. So there we go. But because it's wrestling, I really don't like that stable. But because it's wrestling, the trophy got broken immediately. You don't like that stable? What would Pete Dunne say about that stable? It's not not the way. <laughs> <laughs> they had one like best UK wrestling meme of this year. Oh, that God. wasn't ever this year, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. And Mad Kurt uh, interacted with me on Twitter today and I just got immediate anxiety because I'm like, what's he trying to do? I just got scared straight away. I was like, he's trying to make me look like a fool. He's, he's more scared of you than you are of him. Bloody <laughs> like a spider. <laughs> yeah. Mad, Mad Kurt chimed in on the billion lines debate on the side of the oh, lines. Of course, he saw some, in, saw some trending and went, smell, <laughs> smell clout me. <laughs> Hello, this is a DM from a billion lions. Karen <laughs> Cross squashes Desmond Troy and calls out Damien Priest for New Year's Evil. Mwahaha. What was Desmond's old name? Because he was on Raw a few times this spring, wasn't he? Who is Desmond Troy? I recognise uh, his singlet. Yeah, the, I'll have a Google if you want. On, um, go Here on. we go. I hope I'm speaking about the right guy. I'm sure I recognised the singlet before. Desmond God, Troy, WWE. This is tense, this. Oh, she had a really long name. Cage match. Denzel oh. uh, Dejeunet. Yes, that's him. Denzel oh. Dejeunet. What a lovely name. Double D. I can barely remember the WWE roster and you guys remember the jobbers. It's amazing. Just remember his singlet. It looks a bit wrong. It looks a bit wrong. (laughs) You know how you have either your two options. You've got your Taz singlet, so your full full thighs are out, or you've got your Rob Van Damme or Kurt Angle singlet where your thighs are covered. His is like, I don't know how to explain it. I just remember thinking, that looks a bit wrong, that in terms of if if there is a wrong answer for a singlet. (laughs) I get what you're saying. I think it shows off a lot of the thigh. And if you've got it, why not flaunt it? Do you remember when Zack Ryder wore that one-legged tights to the Royal Rumble? Like the barber. Did he wear that regularly around the time, or was it just a one-off? 
Oh, a regular thing. Oh, was it? Okay, fair enough. But it was on ECW and Sci-Fi, so no one was watching. <laughs> uh, and then Tony Storm beats Rhea Ripley in the main event after interference from Raquel Gonzalez. Yes. So that, that's that's carrying on. Um, they're really getting behind Raquel, actually, at the minute. Fair I enough. thought she would be going after the title, me after War Games and not uh, not Rhea Ripley. Yeah, me too, actually, because she did pin the champion. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. So what's we'll the have to find out. I don't know. Note. Well, not this week. Not, not at all. She's got, no, she's got no program going, has she? Not that I can think of, no. Is she taking time off? Sneakily. You know when they like sneakily let someone have time off so they don't have to vacate the belt? Unless New Year's Evil is hinting at Evil from New Japan Pro Wrestling's debut in NXT. Are they together or is that... That's why I've made the connect. Apparently they're ah, married. No. They're married, aren't they? Engaged right. Engaged or something? How could she marry someone so untrustworthy? Disgusting. He betrayed LIJ for Bullet Club. And... Anyway. <laughs> New Year's Evil. <laughs> Dexter Loomis is the host as well. That was. Why do they need a host all the time? <laughs> You're not getting a push. Here, present this show and shut up. <laughs> Who is going to challenge her next? Candice. She's already challenged her and lost. Yeah. Yeah, but now she's part of... The way. That's right. My way. <laughs> oh, no, they're going to reenact that, aren't we? Yeah. They are. Oh, because they had Austin Theory doing the bloody It's Me Austin. Oh, God. all right. Well, that was the week of wrestling. Let's end it. Now I'm going to see if my housemate is still alive. Let's have a rummage in our mail bags. <laughs> Ah, he's fine. Let's have a look oh, at the mailbag. Matthew, I'm not fine. A man has stolen my billion lines thing on Twitter as we speak. Oh, no. What anyway, happened? well, he just reposted the exact same question, but he's got double my followers and he's verified. Anyway. Oh. Doesn't on matter. On the plus side, you know that that means you did a really good thing on Twitter. Because people care. don't steal the crap things. Don't they don't steal care. the good things they can get away with. Would you like to name drop him and say something negative about him? That's on my Twitter, it's fine. Fantastic. Well, if you want more <laughs> of that drink saga, please go to Jack's Twitter, which is... <laughs> At Jack the Jobber. Would you have Twitter if it wasn't for work? Like, if you, if, if you didn't have this job, would you have Twitter? <clears throat> I did. I don't, think, I don't think I would. I did at uni. But I had, like, everyone only followed each other, so we all had, like, our mates and that was it. Mm. My concept uh, of what Twitter is is so warped by this job that I don't know. There's multiple times a week I think I might just deactivate my Twitter. I would love to. I mean, not, there's no point, is there? What's the point in Twitter? I, I, it would, it would make me a far less anxious, and I think a far more positive person. But uh, it, we needed to promote stuff, don't we, and retweet our own content? So I don't know. Yeah, it's my primary news source as well in terms of the wrestling. Yeah. Answer your question, Ross. No, I wouldn't use it if I was in wrestling because it could mess my head. Yes. But I look at it in a different way to people. I know Twitter's bad because I think so many people use it as a uh, as a way of giving, oh, I feel a bit bad. Please give me some endorphins. Let me feel good. That is not what Twitter is. Twitter's like going uh, to a bus stop and yelling something like, I think Kenny Omega's all right, actually. <laughs> and expecting everyone to turn around and go, that's a good opinion. We value you as a person. They're not. They're going to yell, shut up, you idiot. And that's what Twitter is to me. As long as you know it, that's what it is. It's fine. 
so I wouldn't use it as much if I didn't have Twitter, if I didn't have uh, the rest of anything. So uh, if the Twitch DC- DMCA apocalypse happens and uh, we're all out of a job, it'll be the last you see of me. It's been nice, folks. <laughs> On that level, let's look at the mailbag. Dear Jack Murphy, what a lovely segue, by the way, into like all that misery. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you all. Twitter is amazing. As long as you just look at the gifts, no reply to anybody. <laughs> Dear Jack, Matthew, and Ross, listen, alphabetical order because I'm not picking favourites. Oh, it's a bit where Ross goes, what do you mean, last, and then chins somebody and gets suspended. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now that we're reaching the point of the pandemic where the vaccines are starting to be distributed, fingers crossed, I want to write in and say how much your podcast has meant to me these nine plus months. For the first seven months, I was all on my own and pretty lonely and I always had your excellent weekly podcast to look forward to. Not only have I learned about British TV and other cultural differences, but your banter is a favourite of my own. And then this past month or so, it somehow got worse, as my dad's being diagnosed with cancer and is undergoing chemotherapy. Jesus. We think he can beat it, but this is definitely rough times. But every weekend, your good lot has entertained me with hours of excellent banter. And through the mailbag, I've got a sense of camaraderie, Camaraderie. Jesus. A sense that we like each other. Hearing the other letters with terrible personal stories. So to Jack, Matthew, Ross, and Adam and Sam and Owen too, I send my sincere thanks. You helped make some terrible times more livable. Send them my thanks all the way from New York. I hope to politely say hi at some wrestling show when we can travel back to your country. I met Matthew at Progress 100 and he was a nice gent. Oh, Christ. Uh, I have an actual question. If you could give a wrestling promotion a vaccine you made against one of their biggest... What? If you could give a wrestling promotion a vaccine you made, comma, against one of their biggest systemic problems, what would it be and why? Yours, Henry. Cheers, Henry. So, for example, I've taken that, Matthew, is like AEW and tag team rules, like the referee's discretion. I'll give them a vaccine. Is that what they're saying? Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, okay, thought, thank you. There was a, that was an emotional <clears throat> roller coaster of a letter, Henry. By the way, thank you very much. Uh, very sorry to hear about the news. Yeah, yeah. As, as, if you're right, you know, when it rains, it pours. Um, best of luck. Yeah. To uh, your dad, uh, and again, we're glad that we can, in our own little way, help that little bit to you and many other people. And you're right, there is a sense of camaraderie. Nailed it um, amongst ourselves and the people that we get letters from. Because sometimes they come on the Twitch, they come the good, the good Twitter, not the bad Twitter. And yes, thank you for that, pal. And I think I vaguely remember meeting you at Progress One Hundred. Uh, yes, I think you met my mum as well. Yeah, you're all right, Henry. You're all right. Did she get me card, by the way? She sent her a card. Oh, uh, I don't know. Um, Ages ago, I never heard back. I thought I'd made a pen pal. Oh, I'll let her know. Oh, you know what? She'll be watching this. She'll be she'll be she'll be putting this off and going right, right. Give me the pen. Give me the pen. You know, write it down. So, thank you for saying that. She'll appreciate that. Uh, so, if you could give a wrestling promotion a vaccine you made against one of the biggest. Um... No, I know what Matthew's going to say. <laughs> You're going to be like, it's going to a kit. It's going to be a you. When I think when you were reading that, I thought you thought it was like chemical castration. <laughs> I swear to God, we said biggest systematic problems. I'm yeah. like, well, why would I give that a vaccine? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, no, I get it. Yeah, I get it, Henry. Sorry. Yeah, I understand now. Um, what would I give? Uh, 
Whoever gives Riddle promos, <laughs> just jab him in the back like that. Watch him gone. That's not vaccines be... work, is it? Sorry. Um, yeah, whoever would fix them. The prejudice, prejudice, easy for me to say, that WWE gave to the fat lads. How your Ooh. Keith Lees cannot do what he can do just because he's a fat lad. How Otis, as we call him on the podcast now, has to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> How they can't just be magical and vivacious and all kinds of good words. How they always have to be big and stupid and cumbersome and terrible in every way. Do you think how they, they went there and Drew Gulak got the the PowerPoint and pointed at Keith Lee and went, <laughs> click, picture voters. That, that's what we want. Anyway, Jack, what would you I, give I a vaccine would to? Give, uh, I would go WWE as well and I'd give WWE a vaccine against, uh, I think, the, the same, I don't know how to say it, but the same booking patterns, the same segments leading up to it. The, right, I've got a specific example. I would vaccinate WWE against non-champions beating champions all the time to set up a future title match. And and I'd give them a vaccine. This is sort of linked. I'd give them a vaccine against people only wrestling against each other who they're feuding with. Why can't wrestlers wrestle other people on the card? They're all separated into their own little bubbles. So by the time you get to a pay-per-view and it's Orton versus Fiend, You've had Orton versus Wyatt three times before that, so I, that's why that's my answer. Cheers, Henry. Howdy, boys. Greetings from Frankie in Texas. Howdy, Howdy. God, why have I done another accent? <laughs> Colorholic and Triple Jump, among others, have been helping tremendously through this pandemic. I always look forward to the weekly podcast, and you guys always keep me laughing. By the way, do we get messages from people who go, "Hi, it's Jimmy from Boston." I hate your podcast. <laughs> you have made lockdown much worse. They wouldn't no. message. They just wouldn't message us. That's a thing for Twitter. Right? That. Not, not the email account. Yeah. You're right. That makes sense. Uh, my question is this: If VR technology was good enough to allow you to watch a wrestling match through a particular wrestler's eyes, which match or matches would you choose, and whose eyes would you view the match through, Ooh. and why? I would choose several, but one that sticks out to me would be Undertaker and Mankind's Hell in a Cell match at King of the Ring 98. I'd like to see exactly what it looked like from Foley's eyes to fall through the crowd of this unforgiving steel structure. By God. Anyways, keep up the amazing work, guys. I'll keep glued to the channel for the freshest of wrestling content. And that's from Frank LaMonica from Texas. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Everything's bigger in Texas, including your heart, Frank. So... <laughs> Whose eyes would you look through? And which I'd be Masato Tanaka getting tossed <laughs> off by Michael. Yes. I have a question. I sounded like the woman in The Simpsons. Ben, I have a question. Um, is this like those 3D rides in the Life Center? I think so, yeah. Where you feel like you're moving around as well? Or do you, is it purely visual? Because if it was... Being able to like feel the movements of what's going on. Steady. <laughs> then I would choose someone like Nick Jackson or Ricochet or someone who's like proper mad flippy. Uh, but if it's just the visual, then it'd just have to be someone in the main event of one of the big wrestle, one of the bigger WrestleManias, just to see all the crowd and that, see what it looks like. Yeah, I'll go for. Um. 
let's say, oh man, oh, Rollins cashing in in the main event of WrestleMania and running down the ramp and all that. Yeah, you could be the title build. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's not That's mention nice. Ryan. So anyway. Uh, 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 and what are you going to talk about? Like to see what it would be like in front of a giant crowd. You, you've been in front of a giant crowd. No, I'm not. You're at Starcast too. At the huh? panel. Oh yes, yes, I was in front of a giant crowd. We all were. Yeah, absolutely. I you're right. You, meant, you, don't want, you want to be modest. You don't want to say yourself. That's, that's I thought you meant. You. I thought you meant WCPW, and I think the. Oh yeah, wait. There were actually big crowds there. Sorry. Well, I think the biggest we did was probably in one of the ice arenas, and it would have been about two thousand. Is that wildly overestimating it? I actually, don't know about their. Uh, no, there their was. Draws. There was one of them that was oh. two thousand and something. The yeah. One where, the one where myself and Jack and Adam had a bigger queue than Bret Hart. And that was that bad. That. Oh, bad crap. <laughs> Oh. Bad, bad man. Me and Ross were stood next to Melina's table and just having to make small talk. That's how, that's how we met Melina, by going... Oh, yeah, you, know, you, right? you told that story once or yeah, twice. Yeah, it felt bad. But Melina was happy to be there. She was having a nice time. Uh, I think. I'll have, to look, I'll have to look for the attendance records for WWE another time. Alt- Altrincham, that one. That one had 2,000-ish two, or something like that. That's okay. massive. That the one I had to go. I had to go out and do a bit in front of people as well. That's mad. Awesome. Well, while I'm having a look at the on cage match for this, uh, what about you, Mister Ross? I would take any match against the Undertaker uh, because everyone you hear speak about the Undertaker, no matter how big a name they are and how experienced they are, they all say their knees start quivering when they're stood in the ring just watching the Undertaker come towards them. So I want to feel what that's like. So insert any big. Undertake a match where he has a good entrance. Yeah, fair enough. Hmm. So you want an Undertaker match with a good entrance? Oof. I have to look for that one now. <laughs> uh, that was a crap joke, sorry. But, uh, oh, and that is all the questions we have because I've got some recent pieces. So thank you very much for those lovely, lovely oh, messages to one people. more, isn't it? No, I, I stuck it in Reese's Pieces instead because it was a bit more of a Reese's Pieces type format. Oh, fair enough. And he mentioned See, it in Jack the... Jack knows in what the, he's doing, Ross. In on. the body of the text as well, he said... He's, I think he said something along the lines of this is a Reese's piece. The guys replied that I've had a go out on Twitter, by the way. Oh, breaking news, breaking news. News at 10. He's put... Because I've quote retweeted him and put what a mug because I'm being a bit... I'm being pathetic at the minute. And he put, uh, yes, I know you popularised this, which is why it's been all over Irish Twitter for the last two days. So he knew, and he didn't give me credit. Ah, uh, damn. This really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. I'm, I feel... I can't really... believe 90s WWE would do that to you. Anyway. <laughs> well, that were two questions. If you have any questions of your own, please send them to mailbag at cultaholic.com. Reese's Pieces. Ah. I'm, I'm, Christ, I'm forcing the R's at this point. Topicon Ahoy Hoy. After watching the greatest Christmas movie of all time, The Muppets Christmas Carol, it made me think of a Reese's Pieces. So I ask you, the wrestling world... Oh, see, so we can comment there. So I ask you, the wrestling world is doing a reenactment of a Christmas Carol. Who's playing who? Before we go on to that, are there any of your favourite Christmas films that you have that you watch every year? Home Alone's in it, including three. 
Not on uh, anything bad till about three. The thing is, right, the thing is, why does wait, it wait, wait, just, sorry, why, no, You watch three? Is that a joke or not? Sorry to interrupt, but three's my favourite one. Now that's too far. I don't get the hate of that people have for three. Yes, I know it's not got Macaulay Culkin in it, but it's still equally as entertaining. I would even say it's Shades 2. It's also got Scarlett Johansson in a cameo. A young one. A young Scarlett Johansson. It's also got um, a, a great song. This is this my, my town. town. Watch, Watch your step if you come around. around. A great line I when he gets think... smacked in the crotch. He's like, oh, you smacked my winky. Yeah, that's not one of the highlights. Hilarious! <laughs> it's, Hilarious! It's also... It was, <laughs> whoa. Here, Ross is on his last legs here. I was thinking, like, is Ross going to just, like, oh, sorry, I'll just... I'll, I'll fake a concussion again. I hit the honest, Lads, the build-up to Christmas, every year is the same, and every year I'm shocked by it, even though it's the same every year. Yeah. Just working terribly long days, trying to fit everything in. Oh, we need to have better planning next year, I tell you what. Just in October, Jack, just remind me, sit everyone down. Here's the plan for Christmas and not wait until like, the middle of December before going, oh, here's 50 ideas to do. We'll get them all done. Get them okay. all done. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh. I like Jingle All The Way, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Top tier. Ah, great film. Turbo Man. And I just had to justify it. Home Alone 3 was the first one that I saw, so it's kind of got a, do you know what I mean? Bloody hell. Yeah, I know, I know. Come What's on, yours, Matthew? Um, every year when I see me dad Christmas, we have to watch, it's mandatory, we have to watch, not just Mother's Christmas Carol, but Scrooge with Alistair Sims, giving an amazing Oh, I've not seen it. Because so it's expre- expression, expression, expressive. Whatever he's doing, he's very good at it. <laughs> uh, I tell so you what, I've anyway. been watching this year. It's oh, on a, Amazon Prime. It's a Christmas Carol, but it's been colorized. It's the one from 1930-whatever. Uh-huh. I find old films like that fascinating just to see how crap they were and people <laughs> found it entertaining, just how far we've come in like all realms of entertainment from that period of time. <laughs> it's so boring. <laughs> it might be just slower paced than what we're used to. No, it's just so boring. But I just find it fascinating. I'll think like how, the, like, just how crap things used to be back then. Oh, that's good, that. Thank you. It's good watching it, see how bad it is. <laughs> anyway, moving on. The question is, who should we cast for the world of wrestling into these roles? Uh, anyway, I'll go me, Jack Ross. Ebenezer Scrooge. Wow, there's so many people you could choose for this one, eh? Uh, who else is this year has taken Twitch money from the downside agreement? Oh, it has to be Vince McMahon. Ah, oh, that makes way more sense. I was going to go for Seth Rollins. <laughs> Why? Why is that? Just imagine him being Scrooge. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, yeah exactly. go It gets Jacob Marley's change and spot spin them. But no, Vince is probably the better the better choice. Yeah, Vince was my answer there. Yeah. Okay. Bob Cratchit. Oh well, who's the tightest man in all? It's got to be Mick Foley. He wants Power Slam magazine wants covered because he'd. Uh... Oh yeah, Crat- no, that's not Cratchit's that, that's the completely... generous, nice one. He's the nice I'm one. I'm very, very sorry. Yes, that's. You think the amount of times I've watched it, I know the bloody characters by now. Uh, Bob Crack. Oh, who's Sammy Zayn? Nice? Uh. I'll go for. I was going to say Tony Khan, but uh, yeah, I'll go for. Mm. I really can't decide. Actually, that's oh Mick Foley. Yeah. You know what, Tony Khan. 
Because he's generous to us, right, lads? Yeah, <laughs> Do you reckon there's people out there who actually believe we get money from Tony Khan? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's it's I'm, this, this point where there's people who don't know it's a joke and I'm, go, well, they talk about it every bloody episode. Um, <laughs> Hiding guys, in plain sight, they call it. I can't believe my McFoley shout got so quickly overlooked there. That was fantastic. It was a good pick. Cheers, thank you. Thanks. It was a good pick, but a journalist had said it 10 minutes before you. <laughs> <so. laughs> Tiny Tim. Me. He was always injured. Oh. Oh, uh, uh, NXT. Gargano. No, he's not injured, though. Tyler Bate. <laughs> tiny Tyler. <laughs> he is tiny in one sense that he's short, but he's also huge. So, I don't know. Oh, I suppose ironic names like Robin Hood. They call him <laughs> Tiny Tim. Why? He's jacked. <laughs> Jacob Marley. <laughs> Who's Jacob Marley again? The he's, old... Uh, his old partner who died and warns him, yeah. you will be visited by three spirits. Right, that's... It's got all the chains and locks. So... <sighs> who could that be? Mm. Junkyard dog, because all the chains. Aye, that'll do. That's good enough for Oof. me. I'll go with that as well. A rough one, then. Wait. <laughs> Who's going to beat that dog? Jacob Marley. <laughs> the ghosts of Christmas past. Toots Mond. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go for Adam Pachitti's favourite wrestler in the entire world. Luthez. <laughs> oh, he is his favourite as well. He loves Luthez. Uh, how, how did that start? Was it just in a list so or something? We had a magazine at What Culture and it was going to be the 100 greatest wrestlers of all time. And we had to write down our 100 greatest wrestlers of all time. Oh. Some people interpreted that literally. And some people... Sorry, we had, to, we had to do our top 10s and they were getting included in the magazine amidst the countdown. And some people interpreted that to mean your favourite 10 wrestlers of all time. I did that personally. I did that as well, yeah. Pacini took that literally. Who are the greatest 10 wrestlers of all time. So it looks like out of Adam's favourite wrestlers, number four is like Luthez. <laughs> he just loves Luthez. You know, because that's almost on form for him, playing the role of a complete wanker. <laughs> to say that, oh, mate, when I was a young kid in the early 90s, I watched Crystal Maze, Nightmare, and I'd stick a bit of Luthez. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of a wrestler that's a scary as the ghost of Christmas past from the Muppets. But I don't think any wrestlers are scary. New Jack. <laughs> okay. Go and visit the ghost of Christmas past. Do, 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 do. Oh, got to hit that. Oh, Jesus. Can't believe I hit that. The ghost of Christmas present. He's a giant, isn't he? Yes, he's a big, jolly... Well, I think he's a giant in the books, but he definitely is a Muppet. But he's a jolly, happy, happy thing. Big show. Shaquille O'Neal, sorry. Mm-hmm. A jolly giant. Kevin Nash. Oh, <laughs> yes. Kevin Nash. <laughs> Have you seen those cameos? Fantastic. Has he done cameos? He's on cameo now, yeah. Oh, thank you. I need to check that out after this. got nothing planned I for us really, like, I'm being serious. Like a really sincere one to this, this woman on got shared on Reddit a few days ago, I think it was, at the time of recording. Oh, Really nice from Big Kev. Big Sexy. 
that, that's a nice thing. I'm going to go with Kevin Nash eating pasta <laughs> at the place, the microphone here. It's just like, <sighs> just Scrooge is like, oh, I hate Christmas, goes to Christmas present. What do you think? It's like, doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah. He just doesn't care. <laughs> Come inside and know me better, <clears throat> man. <laughs> the ghost of Christmas future. MJF. Ooh, yeah. Just scary bloke. Mm. Right, done, New Jack. It's tense, this. I know, right? Future. It should who's, be. Who's like, the fu- who's like future? Future should be Tony Khan. Ah, damn it. I don't know. I don't know. I definitely don't know. Uh, Pack, because I can't think of anything. Uh, Walter, because another of Matthew's favourite oh, wrestlers. Well done, you. Wait, no, Walter can't be the Ghost of Christmas Future. Isn't go. the Ghost of Christmas Future the one in the scary, like, Demender's hood? He looks like one of the Undertaker's druids. He's just, yeah, he's the Grim Reaper, basically. Oh, well, then. He has to well, tell him, like, like five times, look at the grave. But, Spirit, what does it say? Yeah. Look at the grave. Spirit, tell me it's a look at the grave. <laughs> look at yeah. it. Uh, I'll go for because of that. I'll go for the higher power oh, before okay. it's revealed to be then. Yeah. Oh, who's it? It's me. <laughs> it was me. All of that. That's good though. And Mrs. Cratchit. Characteristics here, please. I can't. I can't remember this story at all. Uh, oh, where? Uh, I was. I was in. No, I was in Scrooge as well as part of the Christmas play one year. I did double duty. Me, I played two characters. Oh, who? I was in year six. I, no, one of them I remember being in like, um, one of my lines was, it's your Uncle Scrooge. <laughs> so whatever, whoever Oof. fits that description, that's what I was. And another character I played was, um, it was called one of somebody's suitors. And I had to dance, right? I was in year six at the time. I had to dance with a girl. Oh. And I got called all kinds of homophobic things for doing so. Oh, dear. Yeah, that sounds like year six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at you dancing with I a girl, did, you big gay. I'd do this thing with like a pirouette and then she would come in here and then I'd pirouette her back out and twirl it. Woof. All the moves. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I can't remember the story at all. I need to watch Muppets Christmas Carol to be fair. It's been ages. Oh, this is Miss Piggy. So a right bitch. I mean... I remember doing much in the book to be honest with you. I mean... Uh... Who's like? Oh wait! So alas, who uh, she's important to the story, but she doesn't do a lot. Wow, AEW Women's Division. Oh my god! I thought you were, I really thought you were going to say Stephanie, and I was like, Stephanie does loads backstage. Yeah, but I'll go ah. for Stephanie because she's got similar attitude to Miss Piggy. <clears throat> yeah, she'll like that. And finally, which two <laughs> members of Cultaholic? Oh, here we go. Would play Gonzo and Rizzo's narration role. Oh, oh wow. my god. Uh, okay. Who's like Gonzo? Oh, this could be the least flattering thing. But no, no, but he does good narration, though. He's the good narrator, and Rizzo is the silly narrator. Good so narrator, Gonzo, is Tom. Tom. Yeah. Rizzo's a rat. Um, <laughs> so who's like a little ratty bastard in Cold Heart? Should we all say Pachiti on the count of three, or no. should we say individually? No. I was going to suggest either Owen for being... <laughs> awesome. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> lover's quarrel. Well, I was going to say you because of North Com- the North commentary team. Oh, yeah, that worked. I- I'll-, I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. All right. 
Go on, Ross. You can see it. Huh? <laughs> Who would be Conzo and Rizzo? I thought we decided you and Tom. Oh, you're in agreement. Oh, sorry. I didn't want to get in the way of you arguing the point. No, no. Uh, fine. <laughs> thank you for the fantastic content you put out and enjoy your holidays. Use the time to do what I do and rewatch Simpsons seasons one to nine. Oh, well done. Cheers, lads, and happy holidays from AJ Lawrence. Oh, thank you, AJ Lawrence. Thank you, mate. Topicon Ohio audience. Ohio. Ohio. Thank you. A staple of the god awful new generation era of WWF was the wrestling doesn't pay characters. People who eschewed. Is that you say eschewed? Oh, I can say that. Eschewed. Like, eschewed. got like shunned, like yes, avoided. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, eschewed. Having a character in favor of having a profession. In honor of the recently retired The Undertaker, undoubtedly the most successful wrestler of occupation. I suggest the Reese's Pieces pitting them against each other. I tried to match any similar gimmicks, but if you think of any others, please throw them in. Oh, we will, don't worry. If I, I never thought of Undertaker as an occupational gimmick, but I guess he is. Well, he's an Undertaker. Well, actually, is he, though? Is he actually an Undertaker? Early on, he would make right. caskets, wouldn't he? There well, you go, this is an art attack. This well, is an art attack. <laughs> it would be fantastic. And Bear would... Because he'd be in his little workshop, wouldn't he? And Bear would be like, yeah. oh, look at him go. And he's kind of just... Bearer's Slowly. a salesman. Yeah, That's yeah, right, yeah. sales department. Ah, oh, yes. Bearer's going, no, Yoko's way fatter than that. Make it wider. <laughs> Nick is going, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> um, so here we go. We'll go on the same circle before. Big Boss Man says a cop anytime period versus the Mountie. Dot, dot, dot. A Mountie. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're picking hmm. here who's better or what? Yeah. Who's got the best similar gimmick? That makes Ma- sense as we go on. The Mountie, hands down. Oh. Boss, man. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Mountie. Because he was only around for a very short time, and we still talk about him. The Goon, hockey player. Abe Knuckleball Schwartz, oh. a baseball player. New the Gen. Goon. The goon. The, go- the goon. the goon. Just because Howard Finkel saying his name is fun. The goon. the goon. You know what? That is a very strong reason I like him. I can't remember him, Abe, doing anything. Uh, David Otunga, lawyer. Mm. Versus IRS, Inland Revenue Inspector. Versus Joseph Parks, lawyer. Oh, was that what Joseph Parks was? Yes. He was Abyss's lawyer. And AJ Styles. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um... Who was the I first one? Oh, hang on. You've got IRS. Yes. I mean, I'm also going to go for IRS, but I I think Otunga gets too much flack, generally, in life. IRS, because Tom and Justin, who appreciate the plug, keep on reminding me about when IRS was fueling The Undertaker, IRS went, <laughs> went to a graveyard and saw a wreath and went... I'm going to take this because you didn't pay the funeral tax. <laughs> and just took reefs off graves. It's like, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, Brutus Beefcake, barber, sort of. I mean, you don't have the big clippers. Uh, Rico, stylist. So who's better out of Brutus Beefcake and Rico? Well, Rico had more style, yeah. so Rico. Bruce, Bruce Beefcake. Uh, For... There's a promo at like WrestleMania 1 or the Wrestling Classic, one of the very early pay-per-views. And is it Johnny Valentine was his manager? Yeah, Johnny, Johnny V. Yes, yeah, sorry. And he's he's cut a promo 
And then Brutus has to say something, but he can't think of his line. So he just goes, he just blows a raspberry. (laughs) (laughs) It's crap. And also because he was originally billed from parts unknown. And I wouldn't have thought of Brutus Beefcake as someone billed from parts unknown. He was a big rib on him. He can make that noise, by the way, with his nose. Um, I'm going to say Rico because people like him. No. Is that that a reference to his accent or something else? You can't be doing that. I I, I don't know. It's just a party trick he does. (laughs) Uh, the Repo Man, self we all know, self-explanatory versus Rick the Model Martel, also self-explanatory. It was the first one I was lost in that. <laughs> the, the re- sorry, the Repo Man. So what, the Repo Man or Rick Martel? Yeah, it, they're very similar occupations, I guess. Aye, what? He repossesses your heart, Rick the Model yeah. Martel. <sighs> I love Repo Man, still do. It's your turn, Ross. Uh, yeah, Repo Man. Sorry. Oh, that big, I, I that big was yawn turn. was his answer. Well, we'll hurry uh-huh. along. I'm sorry. Sorry, uh, I'm, str- I'm struggling here. I know, mate. You're doing a good job, mate. You're working very hard. I'll I go for uh, Rick Martel, probably. Oh, Christ. Don't worry, this will cheer you up, bro. Uh, Primo and Epico Matadors or Primo and Epico Timeshare Salesman. Timeshare Salesman. Yeah, yeah, the, the Shining the Stars. The Shining Stars. Yeah, 100%. They were dead when the primetime players came on and went, how could you be Matadors from Puerto Rico? And they had no comeback. It's like, yeah, it's a good point, mate. That's the timeshare. So yeah, timeshare. Three count, boy band versus Elias, guitarist slash multi-instrumentalist. Three count every day. Yeah, three count, one of the first anything to do with wrestling that I ever remember. We like Backstreet Boys, NSYNC 2. Britney Spears is kind of cute. <laughs> I was going to say Elias, but and then people... I remembered Three Count had Tank Abbott as their fanboy. <laughs> yes, DJ Tank Abbott. And Tank Abbott lost a match to a man named Cabbage. And after that, a real fight, the UFC thing. And after that match, Cabbage did the Three Count dance to announce <laughs> Tank Abbott. Okay, a WCW fan. Uh, Dean Douglas, teacher, versus Isaac Yankum, dentist. Why wasn't it Matt Stryker, teacher? Yeah. <laughs> teacher Let's do that of... instead. Dean Douglas, teacher, versus Matt Stryker, teacher. Or, or Britt Baker versus Isaac Yankum. We'll do the first one first. Okay. Matt Stryker. Probably, yeah, probably Matt Stryker. Yeah. You didn't get buried by the click, etc. Um, and then Battle of the Dentist, who have you got? Britt Baker. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a tough, tough call, of course. I don't know why it took so long to think of that. <laughs> well, I'll have to act like we're thinking. <laughs> TL Hopper, plumber, versus Duke the Dumpster Drossy, bin man. How, what? He's going off the rails slightly. The guy started off doing them uh, similar. Now it's just a bit silly. Uh, the bin man, Duke the Dumpster Drossy, because they get paid more than you think. Good, good for you. They deserve it. 30 grand a year at my next door neighbor when I was growing up. He was a binman by day and a waiter by night. Raking oh. it in, he was. Raking it in. Not if you had a shower in between. Um, I'll go for I'll go for the for Duke as well. Duke Troisy. I'm pretty sure this match happened on a 96 episode of Raw, uh, which still did more viewers than this week's Raw. Duke the Dumpster Drossy, Bin Men Cool. Val Venus Porn Star versus. Sparky plug race car driver. 
thrill seekers one and all (laughs) gimmicks that went nowhere Uh, sparky plug yeah it's got to be Bob I'll go with all Venus porn star because how funny it is me and Tom watching on Smackdown podcast Venus is trying to shed the the thing that yes I used to be a porn star but now I'm just a wrestler (laughs) (laughs) and it's not quite working that well Uh, the Godwins versus Repo Man what? (laughs) Doing I'm double duty de- now. I'm getting deja vu, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Godwins. Repo Man. He's playing a shift. Uh, the, yeah, the Repo Man for do, working hard. Uh, thank you for taking the time to consider all this pun-filled nonsense. As always, thanks for the content. And I'm holding out for a That's Gotta Be Kane special. Liam. Oh, he listens to the SmackDown podcast. Fantastic. Thank you, Liam. Well, the other guys appreciate that. Yeah, like that, that sounds, but I love you for it, mate. That sounds like a Tom Campbell joke if ever I've heard one. It's that very radio. Is. It's very daytime radio, that. Yes, it certainly is. Okay. That Back was... with the ill behaviour. <laughs> that oh. gets me every time. And Finn Alamo. I like when he says that. That's very good. That was all the Reese's Pieces for 2020. I, I, what, I miss going to North and Tom just killing it in the ring. He's such a good ring announcer. I've made it sound like he's yeah. a wrestler there. No, I just missed him. <laughs> Dude, no. people would show up for the pre-show, which was Tom, Four Tom. and Silly Bugger. Silly Bugger, Silly Bollocks, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I swear there for he, no reason. He's, honestly, I think he might be the best host of a wrestling show I've ever seen. In terms of being able to see people literally come to the show to hang out with him and also some wrestling. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, enough kissing his ass. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for the recent pieces you've sent over the years. And don't worry, it's going back in 2021. It's not over. Send them, please, to mailbag at cultaholic.com. It's Cultaholics. The <sighs> what a bloody horrible year it's been, but a lovely podcast all the same. Don't worry, one more to go, we're out of here. And what better way to celebrate the end of 2020 by looking at the last pay-per-view of 2020 and seeing what the best match is going to be at TLC this Sunday. So, corner the ever-reliable Wikipedia, we have New Day versus The Hurt Business for the mm. Raw Tag Team titles. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Sasha Banks versus Carmella for the SmackDown Women's title. Mm. Mm. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens in a TLC match for the Universal Championship Ah! (laughs) that second noise was for the table breaking (sighs) I don't want to join in with these because I'm just taking away from Ross's noises. I'm We're not get into it. it, man. Get into it. Let it flow. Well, just let it out, gonna... man. Now, don't be embarrassed no, about it, man. I'm not embarrassed about it. It's just you did one. You did one in recent months that was such a good noise. I just thought I can't replicate. I, what, I can't... Was the, what was the noise? It was a match that sounded pretty decent, but not like blow away. And you went, mm, yeah, hmm, hmm. And I just thought it was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. I was like, how do I, how do I even match this? Well, that's, that, that's that last one for Jack on his own. He didn't do one. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, oh, this, right. this next one, it'll just you, Jack, all right? Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Asuka and Mystery Opera. Right, how do the... I convey that in a single noise? Because I've got mixed feelings about this match. Make a mixed feelings noise. Uh, 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 uh. 10 out of 10. Cheers. 
The Fiend Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton in a Firefly Inferno match. Mm. What, Sorry, a Firefly Inferno match? What? Go to Wikipedia. Shut up. Is this cinematic? Shut up. It's cinematic. <laughs> or it's just Inferno. There'd be nothing cinematic about this, mate. What are you on about? That means our TLC Pictures is now out of date officially before it's oh. even been published. It's on the uh, W website, yeah. And the predictions. And the predictions. Randy Orton and The Fiend are set to turn up the heat at TLC in the first ever Firefly Inferno match. Orton and Wyatt are no strangers to destructive flames as the Viper once sadistically burned (laughs) down the Wyatt family compound. Are no strangers to destructive flames. Wow. Last week, the Viper trapped Wyatt inside a burning box, but The Fiend emerged unscathed to punish Orton for his brutality. Now Orton will have to step inside the Fiend's Twisted Inferno, and he, in capital letters, <laughs> never forgets. After the oh, Fiend's mind games cost Randy Orton an opportunity to once again compete for the W Championship, the Viper fired right back by taking hold of Elixir Bliss in an attempt to coax Elixir the Fiend Bliss. during a tense during a tense <laughs> moment of a moment of bliss. The Fiend has changed every man to step into the ring with him, but Orton has proven time and again to be a different breed of superstar. Can the legend killer walk through the fire, or will the Fiend burn Orton for his, his past transgressions? <laughs> wow. Oh, I nearly got it all out. Thank you, personally writes for WWE. That was beautiful. That was poetry. He had ambitions of, you know, doing the Royal Shakespeare Company, but he's writing bloody type. He's writing copy for WWE. Uh... Or oh, Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles TLC. We didn't what? do the noises for that Fiend match. Mm. We got distracted. What do you think of the Firefly Inferno match, Ross? Burn, baby, burn. <laughs> Disco Inferno, burn. Or Eternal Flame by the... Is it, who's it by? The Bangles. Oh, yes. Oh. Is it you the know Bangles? What? Yeah, 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 yeah This Eternal That's them. Flame. That's the Bangles. Atomic Kitten's a cover, Mafu. Aye. No. Aye. She's on a horse what? class. Walk like an Egyptian. I didn't know that. You know what? They made it their own, Atomic Kitten. You know what blew my mind in terms of being a cover? Top Loader. Mm. Dancing in the They're Moonlight. Is, That's is, a cover. It's a cover. Wait, that was everywhere it? 10 years ago. The original. No, 10, 20. Oh, 20. Jesus, you're right. Don't say that. I, it's, um, I'm sure the original's a bit more like, like jazzy, a bit more slick, a bit more. Huh. I'm in a bar drinking whiskey. Yeah. It torn was the one that did it for me by Natalie Imbruglia. Mm. That's a cover. Yeah. What's going on? What's going on? Uh, yeah, your noise, please, Jack, for the Firefly Inferno match. We get it almost every night. <laughs> And the maybe the main event, yeah, probably will be uh, Big Drew versus AJ. Hmm. Uh, uh, my noise is I. Uh, I think this is going to be the best match of the night. <laughs> the Lutez of the night. Yes, it is going to be. I think that one to segue into the actual discussion. I think that's going to be the best match of the night. Oh, okay. Actual discussion now, Ross, or a noise if you like. It's up to you. You're a, you're your own man. What no, do you think I'm... is going to be the best? Go on. Sorry, let, I'll let you finish your sentence, Matthew. As the host of this illustrious podcast, I do apologise. That's fine. I love you. Uh, what do you think is going to be the best match of the night, Ross? After the shocking revelation of about 
a minute and a half ago. It's gonna be the what's it called? Inferno Disco. Firefly Inferno match. Because why not? So we saw the Firefly fun. So it's gonna be inside Randy Orton's head. We might see who's been making the voices. I'm only saying that because oh. like I, I I interpreted the Firefly Funhouse match of WrestleMania to be taking place inside of John Cena's head. None of it was real. Therefore, we're going to see who's been shouting at Randy Orton all these years. It's going to be an acid trip. Uh, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to take place in the real world. Do you actually? Yeah, I think it's going to. I think it's going to just be an inferno match. When's the pictures going live? Can we say what we said on there? Um. Ah, bollocks, man. Who cares? I reckon that will actually. <laughs> We'll actually see Randy Orton get set on fire then. One of my pitches will come true. That's what I reckon. That's what will make it the best match of the night. Randy Orton on fire. In fuego! I, I think we will as well, you know. I think you're right. I think you're right. And then it, his hair will get burned off and it, him and Kazarian will swap places. <laughs> they do look similar now that Kazarian has the hair. They do. Not after he was roasted by the acclaimed. Oh... I like Matthew, the idea you of think... you saying... Oh, sorry, go on. What do you think is the best match of the night? But Kyle... Oh, I beg your pardon. I was going to join the discussion and say if it happens in Randy Orton's head, which would be nice and make sense for this whole cinematic bollocks, it would be funny if inside Randy Orton's head is just a smaller Randy Orton. <laughs> With that in mind... Uh... So Kazarian... Hello, Randy! <laughs> Randy, go left! Just turned around. Kick Vince McMahon in the head now, Randy! <laughs> do it! Kick him hard! Must obey. <laughs> it would who, tell him who are we do. kidding? The voice is going to go, Chinlock, Randy! Chinlock, yeah! <laughs> Sorry, I saw you coming, Jack. I had to get in. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens, I think will be the match of the night because okay. it's Roman Reigns, the person to keep me motivated to watch WWE right now. Fair, fair. I say that Drew AJ will be better because I'm interested to see how Drew does in a TLC environment. But Roman's not exactly a high flyer either, to be fair. So fair enough. Well, he can take your work rate and you can shove it up your ass. So <laughs> I want to see two big men setting each other on fire. The problem is now that Ross is he's past the he's on his way back up into delirium, but the podcast's nearly finished now. And uh peaks and troughs this game is, isn't it? You're yeah. You know when to climax at the right moment and I've I've came too soon. <laughs> it's it's we're being kicked out of the club now because it's shutting. Now he's now he's energetic, he's like, oh, let's find another club. The Red yeah. Bulls, the Red Bulls kicked yeah. in. <laughs> Here, I went to this place once in Leeds or York, sorry York, which was like a night, like a post nightclub, like a, a nightclub that stayed open extra late, right? And it was after we'd been out, and then we went to Willow. So we came out the first nightclub. I'm like, where are we, are we going home now, lads? They were like, no, no, Jack, we're going to Willow because these were my mates who went to York Uni. We went to Willow, which was a Chinese restaurant by day, nightclub by night, and in this nightclub which was renowned for being tacky and crap, but brilliant. There was bowls of prawn crackers around. I didn't touch the prawn crackers because they were next to the toilets, one of them. People were coming out of the toilets with pissy hands, grabbing a prawn cracker. I'm like, no, I'm not having that. Nibbles in a club, though. Well, it could have been... If the execution was better... It was like Lucha Underground. If the execution was better, then it would have been revolutionary. Mate, that sounds not to sound like the Yorkshire Mind sketch from Monty Python, but in, <laughs> not when I was in Bish, but like last year, or maybe 2019. Yeah, that, well, you know what I mean. Um, there was news, they come coming up in my news feed, that there was 
yeah, like a bog standard looking pizza takeout place that was having like disco lights and selling alcohol. And he's decided, no, we want people to come in and stay at this tiny area, like where you could get served at a pizza place. That's the giant takeout <laughs> thing. People come in and hang out and party. And I, oh, that's it. We'll just put the lights on, tell them smell off ice and then that's it right they're oh. like no they're, they're the council they're called, no you, you, that's not how it works at all that's Imagine. not no that's not how clubs are made I don't know but when I was in Sunderland at uni there was a place down the road from like where the point is I think it was called like the, the diamond strip the yeah. main strip in Sunderland next to the bus station just this little takeaway it looked like a takeaway but it did roast dinners like full Sunday roasts on a night oh. out was and it nice it was unreal really I I'd don't know that. if it was I don't know if it was actually nice I was you know, gone by that stage uh, of the night. But um, it was lovely just to walk home with mince and dumplings and a bit of meat. I'm <laughs> dead. <laughs> In a box. <laughs> uh, that sounds like my idea of hell that night, living in the pizza place. Because after a night out, if I'm hungry and I just want to get a takeaway and stumble home, then my idea of heaven would be like a deserted takeaway. I'm not a fan of the drunk and all the camaraderie of all being drunk in the takeaway together. I feel on edge and I don't like it and I just God, want... He'd be the munchies on the, the next to the... Big market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The punch machine and it's all... It's kicking off. Limbs are going everywhere and you're just worried that someone's going to swing and fall over and bang into yeah. you and it's just too much, isn't it? Especially when you're trying to order stuff, right, Ross? When you're going, oh, can I have a cheese pizza? And I just <laughs> dunk. <laughs> the, the subway on... Um, on oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Up from Tup Tup is yeah. bad as well. On a on a if you catch it on a rough night, not a fan. Oh. Anyway, that's our yeah, review. Oh yeah, alright. You know what? We're just, we're just having a little meeting now about stuff that only we care about. Yeah, um, that twenty four hour that McDonald's terrifying on Granger Street. Well, it's got a security guard. So, mm. hey, well. last time I was in there, he was missing because the the amount oh. of people in there that should not have been indoors at that period of time. Terrifying. What do you think of them? Follow- what do you oh, think of what do you think of the is it the town town central fry town fry? Yeah, town fry. Uh, that's my mate's go-to place. Right, right. They do a cracking pizza there. Hmm. Right. Sorry. Um. Yeah. Shout out to the food father. Um. <laughs> that just sounds like something at the what? start of a reggae song. <laughs> Shout out to the food bar. <laughs> Enter the dragon. What is what is the food father? Sorry, just a fantastic takeaway establishment in Newcastle upon Tyne. Never tried it, but now massive, oh. massive ratings on there. Uh, Justy, I'll never I'm forget that. Happen. I'll never forget that. Now I'll food try father. it. Oh. Right on that happy note. Thank you <laughs> very much. <laughs> Jungle is massive. <laughs> food for the food father. Skull Shout for out. the skull throw. Shout out to the food father. Ding 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 ding. Thank you very much for making the Colorholic Wrestling Podcast part of your 2020. You can watch one episode, half an episode. Oh, I switched off long ago. You can't hear me. Thank you very much for everything uh, you've given us, the presenters over the years with the the Patreon, the mailbag, the Reese's Pieces, the, the wonderful art you make on Twitter, the stolen <laughs> tweets you take from Jack, 
And <laughs> I've, I've, wait, I've we, deleted my I've deleted my whole argument with oh, him. We've seen we've seen the natural time. Arc, we've seen the natural arc of a Twitter argument in real time on this podcast. Got really mm. angry, tweeted him, thought better of it, deleted it. Went the food father, go. felt better. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's been for everybody. Thank you very much for this. Hope you all have a lovely, safe, festive period, no matter what you're doing. The three or four days and how you work it uh, that we're allowed to do in this country. And from all the other areas of the world that don't even have a lockdown anymore because they're sensible. Well done, you get. Don't choke on your turkey or anything like that. Uh, Jack, is there anything like to plug or say before we say goodbye to 2020? Well, I feel like usually I'd plug mine and Owen's football manager streams, but he actually departs for Liverpool next Wednesday. So I don't oh, know if we'll be, I don't know if we'll actually be doing one, but I'll keep people posted if I do decide to brave a solo stream. Um, apart from that, uh, Adam Pachi is doing his TLC reactions on Sunday. I'm doing what happened at Ross is doing WTF. Tom's doing graded all the usual stuff. And that'll be the last pay of the year. We'll have a little break. Wonderful. Ross. This is ITV news at 10 <laughs> with Mark Austin and Julie Etchingham. Good evening, pedophiles. Thank you so much for supporting. <laughs> Thank you so much for supporting everything we do this. Hey, cult Arlick. Good evening, pedophiles. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> That's the end. That's how we're ending this. Professional podcast. Oh, God. Yes, there's a watch long list with Tom Campbell and myself <laughs> and mystery people that work for Holic joining in. I'll have my last stream of 2020, 6pm uh, Saturday. And that, as they say, is that. we like to end the podcast by putting the fists up to end 2020. The, the, yeah. And yeah, and saying three, two, one. Good riddance. Bye. Bye-bye. <sighs> Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 